0: Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Uh, I'm shooting a TV show here. I was just wondering if you want to do a quick interview with us. I'm standing here with the resident gardener, Javier Ortega. Javier, have you ever noticed anything strange around the building?
1: No. Not really. What do you mean?
0: Well, have you heard any weird noises or seen any ghostly activity? I started working here. Just started working. That's great. T.C., can you just cut for a second? OK. How about you make something up for the camera? Pretend. You saw something, just... I gotta get God to work. Okay, okay, real quick. W- wait, 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 no, 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 just wait. Do we have any of the, of the petty cash left? That's yeah, way. I'm sure. Hey, Javier, uh, that was 20 bucks, Sam. I'm standing here with the resident gardener, Javier Ortega. Javier, have you ever seen anything strange in the past 10 years of working here? Yeah, I saw a ghost over here. It was a really scary. A ghost on the exterior of the building. Unbelievable. This is really a paranormal hotspot unlike anything we have ever shot at before.
2: Three cinephiles have come together To bring you strong opinions Controversial statements Epic battles And plenty of fun. Introducing our host, The man who watches 52 movies a week Drinks 52 beers a movie Loves women but hates the woman From the foreign land of Canada Our host Mood616 He is widely known as the man who talks too much His worst enemies are Postmaster P And Kiwi Herman He said Hellraiser was overrated And Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck He's the full-blooded half-Mexican jp finally we have the man who doesn't talk enough he is best friends with sean s Cunningham. his favorite horror movie is gummo he is your favorite jew and mine jeremy together they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere they are the 22 shots of moods and horror
0: yes yes y'all it's going down right now episode 111 of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast is coming at you live i am your host moods yeah and of course i got the homeboy jp on my left and we got the little boy on my right jeremy the jew what's going on homies
2: yo dog what up back in the saddle once again for another 22 shots we're just cranking these babies out episode 111 cranking them out is is.
0: is definitely definitely correct and uh it's crazy it's been
2: 11 episodes since number
0: 100 and if you notice i stayed away from a long ass intro because jeremy's very impatient tonight oh go and so we just need to get this ball rolling so i said fuck it
3: I wanted to hear what I was going to be a, a paranormal searcher Or some <laughs> retarded thing that you would Fucking come up with I love your punchline I was just waiting for it <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I thought it would just get read right into it tonight Fuck it Fuck Dude it.
2: you know what man we are covering grave encounters One and two uh, I feel like these films are both um, Falsely advertised Because I didn't see any any Graves at all that they encountered <laughs> <laughs> Like, see what i did there that's a brandon joke that's a, that's that, a like, good observation is what that is
3: brandon's jokes like if so he was on the show he would use that joke guess they didn't encounter any graves yeah. <laughs> well no definitely no, graves. Part, definitely no at graves. the end of part
2: two i thought there was a grave but no there isn't uh so this yeah. this show was just kind of thrown together honestly i think it was like jeremy's idea to cover these films Um, I honestly didn't know much about them and honestly have avoided them for years uh, because they they looked like those classic like if you would look at the Grave Encounters cover well not the first one but definitely the second one it looks like every like ghostly paranormal found footage thing in the in the DVD releases that we cover every week and it's it's, go ahead. ahead I've
3: talked about the movies dozens of times on the show bro but for some reason, I get
2: those two movies confused with The Messengers. Like, which, literally, this is... Those as well. This is still and probably... I always thought that
0: you were just avoiding the films because they were Canadian.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I'm not saying that I, like, avoided them as if, like, they were in my face and I was like, no, I don't want to watch this. I just mean, I didn't seek them out to see. Yeah. I That's agree. kind of what I meant by that. But I did pick up the second one recently. Is the first one out of print? No. No? No. You can get it for like thirteen bucks or something.
0: Well, I think it actually is out of print. It just it doesn't go for that much money though.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Thirteen for a DVD seems like a lot to me. Um, it's buck fifty for me, bro. Well, the pay. Uh, but yeah, so um, I'm really excited to talk about these films tonight. But we got a lot of other stuff to get to. Too. Uh, first of all, we do want to, uh, depending on when this airs, uh, we do want to, uh, you know, send our condolences condolences and, and everything to those um, fighting in Texas for not dying um, <laughs> thanks everybody I, I, guess, there's a, I guess there's a, a hurricane according to Jeremy and the rest of do the believe, world I don't watch do, the news do so you I don't believe know this
3: mobile, everybody do you believe this motherfucking Mexican the worst hurricane since Katrina and he had no idea what the fuck it was like Man, seriously, dude. They,
0: seriously insane dude, I
2: remember Katrina being extremely terrible is it that scale yeah, yeah. Dude, Houston got really? five meters yeah. of rain in two days. Well, is Jason Lloyd okay? Yeah, he told me last night he was okay. Is it affecting him at all?
3: Said he's, like, on the back end of it, so it did not fuck him up too bad. But, like, Houston's,
0: like, almost completely underwater. Yeah, it was crazy, man. The water was, like, up to the top of the streetlights. <laughs> That's some serious That's flooding. Insane. Yeah, it's crazy.
3: Fucking Where did it scary. come from? The Gulf of Mexico. <laughs>
0: Hurricane season started a little bit early, it seems like, this sure. year.
3: I know. It's only the end of August.
0: Yeah. usually doesn't start usually until September.
3: And usually don't get hit that <clears throat> bad either.
0: Texas, they got like a whole year's of rain in two days. So to everybody out in Texas, try to stay safe. And uh, we wish you luck out there, man, because that looks pretty shitty, man. Pretty shitty. I don't really know a ton of people from Texas, honestly.
2: I know that we like. I know we have listeners and friends all over, but mm-hmm. in terms of
0: ones that we talk to regularly, I think Jason's like the only dude that I talk to from Texas. I used to. That have, I know. I had a buddy that went to school down there, but he don't, no, no longer lives down there. But yeah, really, I don't know. It's weird. It's a big state, second biggest. My state. my uh, friend's
2: son, who the one that actually I told you guys before the show about my my car, the one that actually sold me that car, he's actually moving to Texas like next week. Oh <laughs> really.
0: Good timing. Did he did he bring in his canoe? I don't know. I don't those know what
2: f- to. Texas is a big state, man. I'm sure it can't be everywhere. Most no. motherfuckers have Jack in the Box,
3: those lucky mofos. <laughs> Jack in the Box good. Oh, their tacos are so fucking good. Jack I love Jack in rules. the Box
0: tacos. Man, we used to we used to cross the border down into Washington just to go to Jack in the Box. Border Control would actually laugh at us. Like, what do you guys crossing the border for? Jack. Yeah, in and the I, box. I kinda and I kinda chuckle and I go, uh, to go to Jack in the Box. He'd be like, no, seriously, why go across? I'm like, no, seriously, we'll we'll be back Honestly, in twenty minutes. Like Jack why you, the box.
3: Why you minutes. guys cross the border? Because me and my uncle that I met online are going to a horror convention, so <laughs> we
2: have to cross.
0: Yeah. There we go, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um good stuff. Good yeah. Stuff. Everybody be safe in Texas. Uh, we wish you guys uh, the the best of safety and things like that. Um, another thing that uh, we wanted to mention, this will be the last show before September. Yep. Uh, so it will post this week before September. Uh, we will do that drawing for Phenomena and Creepers uh, on the next show. Uh, I think that that actually did um, get some more people to jump on board with the Patreon. Uh, because since the last show, we've gotten four? Four? more patreon supporters i haven't even looked really. uh trin pledged six dollars thank you Trin. uh andrew schroyer pledged five thank you andrew we know andrew he guessed it on the show check out the woodsboro bros uh terry wolf pledged three dollars thank you homie welcome to the hall of homies all you guys uh and derek linegar pay pledged six dollars thank you homie fucking hall uh, so, of so, homies so right, september man. is looking very very uh Uh, busy in terms of what we got for Patreon, so um, thank you guys. And Hall of Fuckers is so
0: creative.
3: Hey man, I came up with the Hall of, so I'm allowed to.
0: (laughs) Really? You're you're taking credit for the Hall of? Okay and I came up with, um, I'll, I'll give you this one. i give you this
3: And, look at, so, and, look, at, and look at these fo- these homos on the cinema attack podcast stealing my fucking idea too. Don't they have a, a hall of pain? Those fucking posers. <laughs>
0: fucking I think it's the hall of shame, man.
3: Yeah. Whatever. It's close enough. Yeah. Listen, fucking dicks.
2: Well, I think it's cool that that, that um more people do it because it, it's a cool it's a cool little system, you know what I mean? Uh so one thing that i will say is with the patreon um we had a person ask today which i thought was so cool they asked about disturbing cinema and this is something that me and moods and and the hipster kyle uh did a long time ago uh over a year ago and it was an idea that i eventually wanted to turn into like you know six or so episodes per season do like one season every six months or something like that of uh shows and it the i still to this day think it's one of our better reviews um and we covered martyrs and somebody had checked it out and like found our page and stuff and was like hey whatever happened to that and asked us about it and stuff so I mentioned that we were considering bringing it back for uh, a Patreon perk um, maybe like one a month if somebody uh, you know donates a specific amount of money Uh, which by the way our website is our domain is expiring next month and the actual website is expiring the month after i think so good thing we have the patreon going because we will be able to afford uh that um re-up on those things but uh we still need to i i still need to add the dvd commentary option i need somebody who's more intelligent than me in grammar like jeremy to sit down with me and and explain everything and how it it applies to each uh, perk because it is a little confusing if you didn't listen to the show where I explain it on the show. Uh, it can be a little it doesn't have all the information on the actual website uh, the Patreon site so we do need to like kind of um, spell it out for everybody a little bit more so nobody gets confused and things like that um, people if you have any questions about it just ask me and I'll explain it. Uh, so yeah that's that's Patreon. Um, next month I could tell you that one of the things that I will be giving away um is a copy of the phantasm dvd collection uh, all five phantasms on dvd uh that blu-ray set seems to be out of out of print but they are re- uh, they are releasing a dvd version of it uh so if you haven't upgraded to blu-ray yet and you're interested um that will be something we'll be, we will be giving away for i think louise um, is gonna be all over this shit yeah for uh (laughs) I guess guess technically it's October's Patreon it's weird how it works it's technically everybody who basically supported in August will get charged on the 1st of September but we won't cover the things until September but it's like you can't say it's for September because then people will be doing it in September you know it's kind of (laughs) confusing
0: but uh yeah so yeah if you um, pledge it's basically for the next month
2: in in simple terms so i'll be giving away two copies of that um for september
0: so that's pretty cool hey moods what's up with the blue jays blew another one tonight man fucking christ two and two and ten over the last 12 games (laughs) considering the the 10 games previous that we were 10 and (laughs) 2 it's fucking ridiculous man streaky team Yeah, I don't really. That's exactly what I was actually pointing out right before we started tonight. When I was like, "Ah, fucking hell, lost six five, bullshit." All
2: right, now I'm moving on to something that doesn't suck.
0: (laughs) Well, then it should not involve you talking. (laughs) <laughs> see, I
2: I did a double double joke there because the Blue Jays sucked tonight and oh. baseball sucks all the time. So see what I did there? <laughs> Better than Listen, MMA. I am speaking for the listeners who do not want to hear about baseball.
0: Well, I'm actually quite surprised you haven't brought up the, the fucking no, fight No, don't
3: do it, in Moods. No, come on, uh, man. I've been working
2: with people all day.
3: Now we're going to be here for two hours. I will not
2: say anything besides, listen, I thought it was a great fight. It was very exciting. Um, boxing as a whole I think is a boring fucking sport man but every once in a while when you have these high profile guys fighting and the fight actually lives up to it unlike Mayweather Pacquiao it can be a fantastic time Uh, I thought Conor McGregor did a very good job considering he was 0-0 and and only trained boxing uh, for six months essentially and he went against the greatest of all time I thought he could have won had he uh, not gassed or had he had better, uh gas tank in general, that seems to be his biggest detriment to him. Um and Floyd controlled that fight. He did. Uh he he essentially let Connor gas himself out. It was calculated, it was planned, I'm aware of that. But I do think that Connor did way better than he had
0: any credit or any deserving nature to it do. It kind of blew my mind how many people didn't realize, you know, me whether he even explained it in the in the post game or post fight, but I mean, I even said when we were watching the fight, I said, this is all planned. I mean, yeah. they're like, oh, yeah. McGregor's won the first three rounds. I said, big fucking deal. This is all planned, man. He's going he's gonna to yeah. come out in probably the sixth or seventh round when McGregor has no energy left. And he's going to start fucking fighting. And he did. See, I was, said, while watching it, I said...
2: Okay, Connor is winning these rounds. He's not going to win a decision one because boxing is judges are completely delusional to give him one round out of those first four is insane to me. I can't it's it's a disgrace against the sport honestly. I, it pissed me off so bad when I seen that cuz it's it's a lie. It is not true. You cannot say that Connor did not win at least three out of those first four, and they gave him one. He outlanded him in all four of those rounds. So how? Well, I think everybody can say that the other person. I didn't look
0: at the official card, but that's crazy because I think every other card that was shown had McGregor win the first three rounds, hands down.
2: No, uh, only one card had him win in
0: three I, that, rounds. That was I think. the judge. That was the official judges' cards, though.
2: Yeah, the official judges cards only had one person give him, I think, three
0: yeah. rounds in the I'm talking about the unofficial round. you know, the announcer cards. Oh yeah, stuff.
2: the unofficial cards had was the it first like, four rounds. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh so, yeah, and we won't talk about this too much, obviously, because this is not the MMA cast. I'm but, glad
0: it was a decent fight. That's what it all came down for me. That's, I, I had a fun time my, that night, we, and nobody left absolutely. disappointed. We're like, wow, we got... what? what is that the was the greatest Floyd Mayweather fight of all time. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least in the past, like,
3: five years, ten Get the years. the fuck out of here. Greatest Floyd fight ever. What's the greatest Floyd fight? The
2: oh, I don't know, but it wasn't that one. Dude, have you watched any of Floyd Mayweather's fights? I, yeah, watched, I watched. I remember watching three, Floyd way four. back in the
0: day. You know, in the early two thousands and stuff. When They're he was pretty, pretty damn boring.
3: He fucking broke his wrist and he still beat the dude's ass. Who? Floyd broke his wrist during the middle of a fight and he still fucking beat the guy's ass.
2: Yeah, I mean that happens all the time in MMA. People break their arms and, and win fights. Forrest Griffin or uh, I think Uriah Faber broke both of his arms and 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 one and. and, and I don't know if he won the fight, but he kept fighting. Um but yeah, I mean Floyd is, you know, at boxing the greatest of all time. I think that it's hard to to dispute that. I mean, you have like guys like Muhammad Ali and, and stuff like that and Mike Tyson who are in the conversation. But I honestly think it's Floyd just because he he's been very dominant uh in the way that he fights. Um my biggest pet peeve with this whole thing is when people start saying like connor got his ass beat and stuff and i'm like i'm like you do realize that this is in a sport where you're only allowed to punch straight and that's it you're only allowed to punch and in connor's sport he would literally kill floyd mayweather um so let's be let's tone down the ass beating and, and like got punked. I didn't
3: talk. say he got his ass kicked. All I said is that you're delusional that you thought that McGregor could have
2: beat Floyd Mayweather. It's not delusional when Connor hits very hard. All's it would have took was one clean shot to, to knock Mayweather out. So oh, yes, right. I'm by the belief that anything can happen in a fight and, and you know, one punch knockdowns happen all the time. Like, like you look back at, um, some of the most historic upsets and it always is a, a lucky shot or, or a good shot or whatever that, that Buster causes Douglas, it. And if you don't think that, yeah, Buster does Douglas. Exactly. That's, that's one of the best examples ever, but, um, you know, St. Pierre and Matt Sarah as well. Like if you think that somebody can't win a fight, who's, who's an elite fighter and a heavy puncher, then you, my friend are retarded. Just saying. <laughs> But we already know I'm retarded. Okay,
3: so Can we move on. This isn't yes, the MMA yes, cast.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
3: Thanks, Muja Dick. <laughs> <laughs> fucking twenty-five minute conversation on fucking McGregor and Floyd. That is not true. That was about three minutes. Have any that, was about three minutes. minutes yeah. that
0: was about three minutes.
3: <laughs> oh, three minutes, my ass.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's stomp this intro here and let's get into some news. Do we got lots? Uh, we do
2: not have a lot, but I figured we would start on a downer. Yeah. Um. So, it's kind of an awkward situation considering we we kind of uh, recently have talked a little smack on Toby Hooper, but
1: Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
2: Of course, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is his best known film. And I still like the conversation of, is he, or is he not a master of horror? Because Jeremy said, no, I was kind of like, I don't know. I would need to define master horror a little bit more. Um, but unfortunately, Toby Hooper has passed away, uh, at the age of, does anybody know the age? I'm sorry here. I think he was 74,
0: 74, 75, something like that.
2: Was he 74? 74, 70, 74. This Seven nineteen seventy four was when Chainsaw came out.
0: Yep. Ooh, that's kind of eerie. Um, yeah.
2: Spooky. So, so it, it, it's very odd that this happened. Um, we lost. Like, I, I'm I'm to the point, guys, where I really want to do a show towards the end of the year or at the beginning of every year, where we actually have like a Hall of Fame, um, you know, contributor induction where we talk about the you know we pick maybe four or five people um you know it could be anybody from like vincent price to west craven to lucio falci and we do for a year and we just talk about them and talk about what their films meant to us what their uh legacy is uh their filmography stuff like that i just i, I i've wanted to do it since i think our first you know season of shows and we just never really put that into motion But I think it's time, man I mean, these guys are, are dying like crazy and Dropping I like really flies, them, yeah I really want to talk about them And I, I feel like every time that one of them dies We mention it on the show But we don't really get into what that person has done For the genre and, and things like that And, Who's and George Carpenter. was a huge loss What's that? Carpenter's the last
3: one Craven's gone Well, you got Dario still, too Romero's gone
0: Hooper's gone. Yeah, there's yeah. not. There's not. I so mean, many. I mean,
2: the, in terms of American filmmakers, uh, the the ones that you always heard about from from the 70s, 80s, and, and 90s. Yeah, Craven, Carpenter, Hooper, Romero. Those <laughs> John, were the guys. John
0: Landis is still alive. <laughs> I was
2: going to say
0: Landis. I was thinking that. <laughs> it's always a joke of us. <laughs> but
2: but, but yeah. we all know that that it's. You know, eventually going to happen with with Carpenter and and Dario Argento as well. Um, but but really, I mean, when you talk about the the people who have those mile long filmographies from the '80s uh, and '70s and and you know the '90s to a certain extent, uh, really the last two big ones are Argento and Carpenter.
0: hmm
2: Was it's scary? Was Hooper's last film? The gin,
0: th- I believe yes. so,
2: yeah.
3: Oh, that's embarrassing. Well, I mean, dude. What a <laughs> shitty way to go out.
2: Well, let, I mean, let, let, let's be honest. Those films definitely had some some production problems and, and things like that. But, um, I mean, it's one of those things where do you really know no. what... To what I mean? Do you really know what you're doing when you're that old? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I don't think the, he was like delusional, the, but no. Oh, I mean, in terms of like, in terms of the way that the industry has changed, yeah, it, it it passes you by. You know, you're
0: not you don't have the drive and the hunger that you did when you were younger. I mean, you can tell though. You can really, really tell. I mean, the last couple films that Hooper did. I mean, I never saw Jin um but i i can speak well we can all speak on the matches of horror episodes which weren't the greatest <laughs> ones i but actually really like his first one i know you guys didn't. dance yeah i was kind of on the fence about that one but you know he did mortuary uh i believe in 04 which or i liked when i
2: seen it but i haven't seen it in so long
0: see that was one of those films where it was all right until the third act and then i actually read up on it i think they ran out of money and it just goes to prove you know like Ho- hooper's supposed to be this uh you know almost master a whore like you know he's a he's an established filmmaker and even at you know being an established filmmaker you still run into these budget constraints and even running out of money while you're doing films it's just it's kind of sad yeah. and the end result is there i mean the third act is so you can tell they just put 25 paid some <laughs> film school guy to finish up the cg in the film and it's boom you know it's the the heart just you can see it's just not there it's pretty sad yeah. actually but yeah uh, yeah absolutely. i always felt i actually really felt like that with a lot of hooper's films you know pretty much since i would say the mangler was probably one of his last kind of bigger and well respected films that he did you know and that was in 95 you yeah know, yeah
2: i mean you you look at hooper's career and honestly guys like i i am i am very saddened by this like he he was not my favorite horror director in fact out of the the ones that we mentioned argento uh carpenter craven romero i like all of those guys better um yeah. but hooper has his definite place in horror film history yeah. horror history like the guy literally created one of the most successful uh villains and uh Franchises of all time in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He created one of the coolest villains ever in Chop Top in a sequel. um You know, launched the career of, uh, of Bill Mosley with that film, really shown what Bill Mosley can do. um It's it, he, you know, obviously started with Texas Chainsaw, which a lot of people say, like, kind of a, a, a happy accident, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure yeah, he yeah. set out to make a decent film, but he didn't this was lucky that it became an amazing movie. Like it yeah. wasn't pure talent that caused it. Um, unlike Halloween, you look at it and you're like, okay, that is pure talent. Right. And a little bit of luck chainsaw, not so much talent, tons of luck,
3: mm-hmm. it's like but originality
2: chainsaw, at the time, you know? Yeah. Chainsaw is my favorite horror film of all time. Eaten Alive is a, is a, is a great little exploitation, fun movie. Uh, the, Apparently he worked on The Dark, but was uncredited for that. Uh, Salem's Lot. I mean, honestly, it's very scary. Like Salem's Lot is a good movie. It's it's one of Hooper's best films. Um, it's unfortunate you know, he was uncredited on Poltergeist too. I think, you know, he was. Well,
0: <laughs> I think Salem's Lot's one of the best Stephen King TV adaptations out there, and there's oh, a yes, lot and there's a lot sure, of them. It's sure. definitely top for tier. For sure. So
2: yeah. Ah, uh, the Fun House, a a popcorn slasher. It's fun. It's in a house. It's in a fun house. Um, <laughs> mm. Poltergeist. That me. that is the big debated film, right? Like Poltergeist. I think if if you credit Hooper for it, he's 100% a master of horror. 100% if you credit him with Poltergeist.
0: I think I think just knowing cinema and stuff. I mean, Jeremy can speak from this level too. I mean probably familiar with uh, Spielberg's films. I mean, this film has Spielberg written all so over Spielberg. it. So
2: Spielberg. Oh, I know, and it I agree with that. It
0: any Hooper elements at all. It's so crazy, man. Like, I mean, if Hooper did direct this, maybe with, with a little bit of, um, you know, direction well, even from... even if he co-directed it, I would still, you know... I just don't believe it, though. Problems. I mean, the, the way the whole film plays out, and I've actually watched it recently, too. I watched it, you know, a month and a half ago with my kid, and... and I'm just thinking, I'm watching it, you know, from a critical point. I'm like, there's no way he directed this movie. (laughs) But you know one
2: thing, dude, I will say life force feels very much different than any of hooper's other films like Mm. i don't like that movie it's badly paced but in pure aesthetic it is not that far removed from poltergeist i think the problem is we know that spielberg pretty much directed a lot of poltergeist
3: i'm not going to argue with you on life force considering you watched it three times
0: in a row i think think it's the script in that film too just given the idea of the film you kind of You kind of have to go a little spacey, a little sci-fi with it, too. It's going to change the aesthetic, of his normal aesthetic, anyways, because he'd never really done anything like that, either, uh script-wise. But his
2: very next film, you have uh, Invaders from Mars, also kind of has that Spielberg feel. I swear to God, I just watched it for 1986. It's very weird. But it's
0: also a a remake, though, too, right? So, you know, he's also influenced by the original material on that, too, and kind of rolled with it. But it's it's an all-right... I used to love Invaders from Mars it's you know it's still a fun film it's not by it's not a shitty film by any means or anything but you know it's okay
2: okay uh so then we have texas chainsaw massacre 2 obviously a very fun sequel uh he did an episode amazing stories and in my opinion one of the coolest adaptations or iterations of freddy krueger ever yeah the the prequel mr nice guy yeah prequel to A Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. from Freddy's Nightmares. This I
0: always thought it was super is cool, too. This something
2: that is very overlooked in his filmography because it's not a film, it's just a TV show, but it is an episode that literally gives you the backstory in Freddy uh, visualized, which had not been done before. And I like that. And it's a really cool episode, um, and just touching Freddy gives him a little bit more cred. You know what I mean? Yeah. And especially yeah. doing a decent adaptation of that of that original uh, story, um, spontaneous combustion. Never seen it. Uh, it's really, it, it's really not good, man. It's
0: really, really <laughs> not good. It, it has a decent idea to it, and Brad Dervis probably the best thing about the film. But it's, it's not, it's not a good film.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, he did an episode of Tales from the Crypt. I do remember liking his episode, um,
0: Night yep. Terrors. Night Terrors. Night Terrors <laughs> is actually okay. It's all right. Night um, Terrors. I actually love
2: his segment in Body Bags. I think it's probably my it's 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 really good i know
0: you were a little bit torn on it but i loved it i like um, i but it's definitely probably my least favorite one in the yeah in the trilogy of short stories so yeah it's okay
2: uh The Mangler, which I've never seen, but I have read the short story and would re- actually really like to eventually check that out. It's funny because there's three fucking Mangler films. We yeah. should do a Mangler
0: trilogy. <laughs> oh, right. <great>. Jesus, man.
2: <laughs> I'm, last, I'm, the I'm the sure last, somebody will get us uh, back male. on
0: that one in the Patreon.
1: The Last <laughs> Deadmail, man. The, the Last, last Deadmail.
3: The Last Deadmail
2: mentioned the Mangler, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, crocodile um, very fun movie actually not a great movie but uh, head and arms above what you get in terms of Crocodile movies on the Sci-Fi Channel today um, pretty f- fun honestly and then you know Toolbox Murders which we've reviewed on this podcast not very good no. uh, Mortuary which had potential Two Masters of Horror and of course Dijin uh, so his filmography uh, hits and misses throughout but um there is there is you know uh, there's I think, I think a bona number you know top 10 horror film there arguable number one of all time um one of the better stephen king adaptations ever uh mm-hmm. a solid fun sequel a interesting uh prequel to nightmare on elm street um and of course the questionable poltergeist um so he has he has
0: some cred, man. I mean, he definitely does. The oddball thing about Toby Hooper is that you know he's such a household name, but you know I've said it many times, and I've had lots of people ask me like, why don't you ever do a top ten Toby Hooper, you know, video? And I'm like, man, I've tried, I can't do it. And maybe that maybe that is just becoming the ground level for what a master of horror is. If you can make a top ten, a legit top ten for a director. Maybe he qualifies to be a master of horror because I mean he's made ten quality films that you're worthy of putting into a list. I don't feel comfortable with Toby Hooper at all. You know, I mean it's pretty bad when you start putting in like segments from fucking Tales from the Crypt into a top ten. That's not good, man. That's not good.
2: No, I I agree that, but but see, I I would love. We need to do the show where we talk about masters of horror. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know. Because there are filmmakers who have maybe five really good horror films, somebody like Ty West, Adam Green, or something like that, who have not directed ten. Eli Roth, Mm -hmm. Rob Zombie, you know what I mean? So, I, I would love to bring each of us, design our own criteria, come in with what we think... You need to. You must at least have one classic. You must at least have, um, you know, five horror films to your credit. You must at least have this. You must at least have that. Uh, bonus points for uh, a top twenty-five horror film of all time. Debatable. You know, all these different re- things that that can um, design a system to to, to kind of uh, decide for us. You know what what a massive horror is. Toby Hooper up in the air, um, but.
0: I think that he has a case. He does have a case. Um, I think a be- big one, too, with, you know, designing the criteria for what a master of horror is, you know, you can have a lot of good quality. But mm-hmm. if you're if you're like bad films outweigh your quality, then I, I think that's like points against you, you know, kind of thing. Right. Like if you just keep making films, making films. And it's like, it's kind of damaging your, your overall it, repertoire it of quality. But it can
2: do it uh, to an extent, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, like, you cannot take away the fact that Wes Craven created the coolest fucking villain of no, all no, time. no, it's, the it's, most
0: it's not about discrediting, it's just kind of weighing, you know, making a balance, you know? Like, there's lots of directors out there that have like three or four really good films, but then... The,
2: it the kinda, key it, to doing this, moods. Mm-hmm. the key to doing this is to A... Establish a bona fide master of horror, maybe two or three. Yeah. Once you have the the the, the bona fide, these one hundred percent no debate are masters of horror. Maybe like Carpenter, Argento, something like that. Then you can look at what their filmography has, doesn't have, uh what hurts them, and then you can kind of design a criteria based on who already is bona fide and made it in mm-hmm. um, so uh, it's something that I want to do one day, we will do it one day when we're fucking booked up the ass for, well, it won't actually just <laughs> for, for a few day. months
0: But uh... let's put it this way, it's not going to be just one day <laughs> you know, yeah. the prep for that I hope isn't as bad as episode 100 because
3: yeah. hey maybe like... episode 200 we could do it <laughs>
0: that's a yeah, long well, shit, ways away I, it's not <laughs> even that far away honestly nah. the way we're pumping out these episodes yeah it's actually not that far away so uh but.
2: so rest in peace to mr hooper um i will always be a fan of uh, a lot of your films uh, i do like obviously a texas Chainsaw i more than any other movie uh there's a horror movie in right. the
0: history of watching so cue up uh thug lives pour a little liquor right here yeah.
3: Oh,
0: this
2: guy fucked. Fucked it up. (laughs) Jeremy, do you know what they say is the worst thing in the world?
3: Massacre.
2: Dead air.
3: Oh, I. I It was my fuck up.
2: Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Of course. Moving on into the news, we have West Craven's Summer of Beer Blu-ray release detailed. Uh, So this is coming out from an interesting company uh, called Doppelganger Releasing, and it is. 1978 Summer of Fear Uh, will be making its Blu-ray debut on October 10th 2017 for the first time ever uh, this film is also known as Stranger in Our House it was a made for television film that premiered Halloween night 1978 Uh, and it is 39 years later uh, that this film is getting a Blu-ray release a special collector's edition with exclusive new interview by Linda Blair a director commentary by Wes Craven um the that had to have been hmm. DVD, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
3: would hope so, unless they fucking resurrected him, fucking Tales from the Hood style. Well,
2: I mean, it could have been, uh, you know, done. I'm hopefully they didn't go to like, his oh grave and God, pissed I, on
3: it, and he fucking reached up from the grave and pulled the guy's dick off.
0: It's yeah, got to be from the um, DVD release. It has to be
2: yeah what is, <laughs> what is that DVD release under Summer of Fear or Stranger in the House
0: Summer of Fear all
2: right, I'm trying to find it right now because it
0: should be new. You know, I, I'm downstairs I could grab my DVD but I'd have to run all the way upstairs and fuck that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I don't know man I can't remember if there was any features on it at all it's just completely oh, not I, with I me. found
2: it hold on one second I will now read the back of the case, which comes with an audio commentary by director Wes Craven. Wow. So, wow, that's actually pretty cool. Who put this out? Artisan. So, um, wait a minute. How do... That should be Lionsgate, right?
0: Huh. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally.
2: Um, which is is really cool, man, because this is... I think this is probably Wes Craven's most underrated title in his filmography. Um, it's a solid watch. It really is, and um, definitely one of his least
0: seen ones. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure.
2: It it uh, it's really cool. Um, it's like witchcrafty and stuff like that. Pretty pretty cool stuff.
3: Ooh, that's going to be a hard week to pick release of the week. Yeah, we got <laughs> Summer of Fear and the Pokies tapes. Pokiesy tapes. Which one is he going to pick? That's a tough one.
2: Hmm. All right, so uh, moving along here uh one other little piece of news here that fucker's gonna sell like hotcakes uh this is coming courtesy of i believe bloody disgusting and apparently the children of the corn rights are
0: going to court so this judge judy (laughs) uh we could only hope
2: so basically, guys, what no happened. shit.
3: Wait, wait, JP, no shit. Did you see what it's on the front page of bloody disgusting on the top right hand corner? Editorials in defense of Pet Cemetery 2. Are these mofos listening to our fucking show and writing shit? They did something last week when they, they wrote about uh sorority row. Re- I know. Um, Are you fucking earth? serious? I swear to God. Dude, that's and almost too
0: coincidental.
3: In defense of Pet Cemetery 2.
0: I wonder if they're going to point out some of the shit that we said, but you guys kind of defend. Yeah, I was the one shitting on it. Pet
3: Cemetery two is a flawed film with weird story logic and cheesy dialogue, but it's also ballsy and fun.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: <laughs> uh, I think that's what we said. Yep. <laughs> um, Besides but movies. that would be really cool. That would be really cool if they were still an awful us. Um, I would allow
0: Fucking it. Fucking die. Uh, so
2: man. let's get into this Children of the Corn news. This is uh, Bloody Disgusting. Uh, actually, they took it from Variety. So should have actually went to Variety to get the full story. Uh, but I'm lazy and Bloody Disgusting has an app. So um, <laughs> basically, producer Donald Botchers has filed a federal copyright suit on Thursday, alleging that that he and not the Weinstein Company owns the sequel rights to Children of the Corn. Uh, Botchers produced the original 1984 film based on Stephen King's short story about a call of murderous children. He also wrote and directed the 2009 TV adaptation. Uh, a bit of history as Miramax acquired rights to the franchise in 1994, this is actually decently written up by Blade Disgustin, Uh produced several sequels under the mentioned film's label. Many of them went straight to video, beginning with Children of the Corn 4, The Gathering in 1996 and all the way through the 8th in which is a pretty good one it's not <laughs> no, um, it is. <laughs> so uh, Borcher's Uh, has also been seeking to reboot the franchise since about 2004. In the lawsuit, uh, Borchers says he initially approached Miramax with the idea of remaking the original film. At the time, he says he was told that Miramax had lost interest in the franchise because it no longer performed theatrically and the video business was slowing down. According to Borchers, uh, Borchers, Miramax liked the idea of a remake but quickly discovered that it had failed to secure the remake rights to the original film. So without telling ba- Borchers the company acquired those rights from Park Avenue Entertainment the lawsuit states. In 2016 Borchers, Butch, Bro- Borchers? <laughs> sorry guys I'm bad at names uh, wrote a spec script for a film spinoff of Children of the Corn and tried to license those rights to from Dimension, now a subsidiary of the Weinstein Company. Dimension did not confirm whether it held those rights and Borchers alleges he later determined that Park Avenue had in fact reserved them. Borchers says he has recently acquired the spinoff rights once held by Park Avenue and informed Dimension of this. Dimension contests Borchers' claim according to uh, the suit. Borchers is now suing to confirm that he holds the rights. Uh, So basically what's going on here, and this is kind of a little confusing, but essentially this guy produced the original Children of the Corn. Uh, He tried to uh, get back into the Children of the Corn by doing a remake, um, and the Weinstein Company, who owned the rights and produced them after part four, uh, basically um, said... No, and turns out that they actually didn't have the remake rights so Borchers went outside of Dimension got with that other company that was listed there um, I'm fucking lost (laughs) Park (laughs) Avenue um, and he made the Sci-Fi Channel remake which he wrote and directed so remember when we covered those films I was like I, I don't understand why this wasn't Dimension produced
0: yeah, yeah, and then okay.
2: Well, it's he- because they did not own the remake rights. Okay. Um, so then Borchers goes back to Dimension and says that he wants to do this spinoff, um, which he then finds out that they actually don't own the rights to the spinoff. So he w- went and and got them through uh, another, um, well that Park Avenue thing again. So that was who had the remake rights. Um, and dimension is saying no no you can't do that because um, i guess their argument is that it's a sequel like a spin off is
0: well i think so- it's i think it's because you're still using the name you own the rights to the name right
2: no because you children of the corn the remake is called children of the corn also so that's oh, my not- head's going to fucking explode um, and this, actually guys this is a complete exact thing that's wrong with Candyman right now so, and it was a problem with Child's Play for a while too uh, determining who owns sequel remake and original rights because they're different right one company can own the original film which means if you tell that story again they own that story but another company aka Universal owns uh, what which Child's Play did they own They own the the sequels.
0: But MGM
2: owned the original. So MGM owned the original, so if you would remake Child's Play, you would have to do it through MGM, uh, because they own the source material. But the sequels were owned by Universal, so they can keep producing sequels. Uh, What fucks everything up is when you talk about sometimes with remakes slash sequels slash spinoffs it's like well where does that lie who owns the rights it's very convoluted and very complex and confusing and that's why Candyman is also one that uh the first film is owned by lionsgate or tristar or columbia or something the second film is owned by mgm and the third film is owned by like artisan um I think the first one's owned by Sony, right? The first one's owned by Sony, the second one's owned by MGM, and the third one's owned by Artisan uh, or one of those Trimark companies that are owned by Lionsgate. So that's where it gets super fuckery and super confusing. But basically, this guy is trying to say that his spinoff is not a sequel, so he, Dimension does not own the rights to for him to make that, that Park Avenue does, and he licensed the rights from them so he can make his own film. Meanwhile, if you do remember dimension actually has a thing in their contract or, or in their rights where they must make a new children of the corn and hellraiser film every so often it, or else they the rights retained to the original people or something like that yeah so um, they actually filmed and uh, produced and filmed children of the corn the runaway very recently uh, it's actually done and it's just sitting on a shelf so once um, so
0: once this guy okay so then that film's gonna come out via dimension uh so if this guy wins the battle and releases or gets to make another film it's gonna be a sequel to his uh remake
2: no it's gonna be a spin-off from the children of the Corn
0: lore i guess
2: hmm. that's what he's saying he wants to do a spin-off what that means a i have no fucking like, idea
0: but using the material that he used in his remake? Because,
2: in my opinion, they've been doing spinoffs for a very long time now. oh, like, well, exactly. Uh, just... Genesis is a spinoff. What's the other one in it's the apartment the... complex? Revelations, Revelations, that's a spinoff. Yeah. Uh, part four was kind of a spinoff. Like, yeah, like, the... yeah, I guess they're technically sequels, but they, they're more spinoffs. So what it comes down anything. to,
0: what do you actually classify these films? I mean, they're obviously being classified as sequels and not spinoffs.
2: Yeah, because they own rights to exactly, sequels. So exactly. <laughs> It's very bullshit. I would hate to be dealing with this, you know what I mean? But uh yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, I actually liked his remake. So I, honestly, he probably will do better than Dimension has been
0: doing. So let that guy do it. <laughs> well, let's face it, Dimension doesn't really have the strongest track record with pumping out their sequels to save their franchises. They're it's... usually pretty damn weak. Let's yeah. face it. I mean, they do it just to to save grace, you know. Fucking greedy bastards. They should have let go of that and let people make some real fucking sequels. Who
2: cares? Uh, so, the last bit of news here that I wanted to get to is actually something that I forgot about last week. And it was the um, launch of, or actually the um, reconfiguration of something that has been launched since, I think, 2013. Uh, and that is a, a website called MoviePass. Uh, this made a huge splash in the news because. Um, it was kind of interesting and kind of like weird at the same time, maybe a little shady. Uh, but the original guy who, um, was involved in, in launching and creating Netflix, um, no longer is part of that. And he launched something called movie pass a few years ago, uh, which was basically you paid $50 a month and you could see as many movies as you want one per day, uh, all month long. and,
0: so basically uh, they, 30 or 31 films a month.
2: Correct. <laughs> yes, if you went every day. Now,
0: So the on the thing, short in February, you just get ripped off then. <laughs> well,
2: I mean, technically no, because if you watch, I think, five in the month, you, you break even, yeah, essentially. Yeah. So um, depending on what your ticket price costs. But they did some crazy shit, and they lowered the price to a $10 a month fee. Which, essentially, if you see more than one movie in a month, the company loses money. Because how this works is they actually have gotten a third-party credit card to back them. Mastercard. Yeah, and they are basically paying the theater the full price. So the theater's not losing money. They are actually um, getting exactly what they're supposed to get, plus... If you really break it down, they're going to make more money as long as it goes as planned because more people are going to spend more on concession items because they om- they didn't spend anything on the tickets, which we know they always fucking tell us that their concession items are what keeps them open, not the tickets. Yeah. So it should be a win-win-lose, meaning win for us, win for the theater, and lose for the company doing this. Um now So what's the I incentive to
0: do that though? I heard okay. it
2: doesn't work. <laughs> what's it? That, Jeremy? I heard that everybody's having problems with it. Okay, well I'll get to that in a second. But uh, so one of the problems is how do you monetize that? How do you how do you make money to where it makes sense? I heard that there's like maybe some advertising that they're that that they're looking into, a way to monetize uh, how 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 this works with the app? You know, you you use it through the app. You put ads on the app. You make money through the ads on the app. Stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, and that would cancel out the money that they're losing on the theater. Um, and of course, there's always the option to raise the price after a little while um, when people get hooked on it. Because honestly, I didn't really know about this service, but you know, you know, the ten dollars a month is definitely worth it. Fifty dollars a month is a stretch, but something like twenty five, I would maybe pay, depending on how busy of a movie season it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually made me want to go to the theater more. Now, uh, there are some issues with this. Like AMC, one of the biggest theater change chains, is trying to fight it, but they can't because they're still getting paid for it, and they would have to actually decline Mastercard as a whole. To be able to decline taking that credit card because how it works. Yeah, you don't want to. Is essentially yeah. you pay the ten dollars, uh, you download the app, you go to the movie theater where you want to see the movie, you check in, yep. and it basically allows you. It, get, it opens the access to your card to be able to be scanned or slid through the credit card machine, and you know it it it, it pays for it like that. You know what I mean? So. Um, the problem right now is when they made this announcement, they got completely over flooded with people, which is a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because that means people were interested. It's a bad thing because they were not set up, um, for that amount of traffic and the website kept crashing. The app kept crashing. It wasn't really clearly outlined how everything worked. Uh, I did sign up for it because I want to review it. I want to let you guys know my thoughts on it. Currently, I cannot use the app. I cannot use the any. I can't use it at all. But to be fair, I haven't been charged yet either. They bit, Essentially, they will not charge you until you get the credit card in the mail. Um, So that when you activate it, that will be your reoccurring monthly payment on that date where you're able to use it, which is fair. The problem is they just didn't explain that to people ahead of time they sign up they assume they've been charged they're like why doesn't this work this thing sucks you know so that that is it it did take me a little bit of research to figure out what's going on with it one minute you can see the theaters on the app the next you can't but basically it's because of high volume of traffic uh, and they can't really pin down how to make the app work with this amount of traffic
3: I don't know what Um, they thought what the fuck was going to happen I know right because what a bunch of fucking dumbasses it
2: it got downloaded like over a hundred thousand times in you know a week or something
3: like do so they think like they're going to announce
2: nine ninety nine dollars a limited movies and fucking people aren't going to go ape shit yeah I mean like it that's just would be bad planning. amazing it would be <laughs> yeah. awesome the only problem with it is like okay let's say I wanted to go see it opening night well I can't pre-order a ticket I have to be in the theater and press the button and, and buy the ticket within 30 minutes of me pressing that button now that becomes problematic if something sells out you know what I mean? because then you go there and you can't even get in. Um, that is an issue. But for like regular movie going experiences, like if you don't want to go opening night, you want to just show up on a Saturday, like midday or something. it chances are that movie's not sold out. And yep. it, it honestly, if it works like they're advertising after they get everything squared away, Uh, I should receive my card in September, uh, like the first week of September. Uh, I will try it, obviously, and go to to a movie and see if it works. Um, It'll suck if it doesn't because it'd be awkward. I'll be like, oh, I guess this thing doesn't work. I got to pay for it now. Um, But, you know, it's uh, it's a very interesting concept and honestly could save this industry. It really could because the biggest problem right now with going to the movies is – the goddamn price. It is so high. If you want to go with a family, you want to take four people, you might, you better at least have $80. At least. Bare minimum. You know what I mean? And that is insane to me to see one movie that you don't even know if it's going to be good or not. It's insane, dude. It's really fallen down in terms of a, a viable entertainment for family. So is this uh, just
0: available in the U.S.? I uh, know? That's some-
2: I do not know, homie. Um, but if this works, is it something that you would be interested in, Jeremy?
1: Mm,
3: I don't know, because I usually go see more than one movie a day, you know? Well, you could still go see more than one a
0: day, but you don't have to pay for one. Well, home. it's still, it's cutting your, your cost in half right there if you're doing that. Yeah,
2: but if I go to a Madden net, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's like you buy one movie, get fucking 30 free. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like that's a super dude. I mean, Christ, dude, you don't have to go see that movie. Both those movies on the same day, just go on consecutive days. Christ, yeah, it's free. Yeah. Um, essentially. That,
3: nah. I'm a loser though. I just go sit all day.
2: I mean, that's fine too, dude. But you're still saving massive amounts of money, yeah, no matter if what. you're going. If you go to the movies, if you use it. Four times in a month, yeah. only four times, you're automatically saving at least thirty dollars. Yeah. At least that's a, that's insane. That's I'm gonna wait and see thing. see how it goes. Yes. Obviously, that is very I mean, this is a very dangerous situation because <laughs> if they get too much traffic and their their investors pull out and stuff, it cripples the company immediately. You know what yeah. I mean? Um so they have, there's a fine line. They have to be able to financially keep afloat long enough to have, because the thing is once you have a hundred thousand subscribers, you can then go to advertisement companies or however you want to monetize it and say, this is what we have. And then you make a deal. And then you start getting revenue from them and it balances out. But the problem is, is if you get over flooded too fast, then you can't keep up with the demand and you're losing money too fast to then get everything set in motion and that's the problem with this company potentially now if they do go under I'm not stressing because I'll only lose $10 and then you know if I can't use it and a month goes by I'm obviously going to block them from charging me again you know what I mean so uh it's it's an interesting concept. There's, I like it and I think that it could be very good for the industry, but it needs to get some kinks worked out immediately because people are getting mad and think it's a rip-off already when they
0: don't fully understand what's going on. There's no way this is coming to Canada. Absolutely no way. <laughs> no fucking way.
3: Well, it's not like you would use it anytime anyway.
0: Well, I mean fight. I mean Yeah, we're
2: trying to see if you're getting the biggest release of the year at, at your your uh, theater
0: yeah and and so far it's not there i had you know i'm look i'm looking at the app and it's not so it's a little bit still a week a week and a half away that's yeah
2: because a, a lot of times my shit don't even show up till week of
0: yeah true that and true that, that's here true that that's here in the but States. i mean you know if this if this deal actually came to canada I, I don't think it would benefit me a whole lot and i mean for myself i mean i only have one cinema here now i mean we used to have three we only have one left they really do focus on kids films and blockbusters and stuff i don't get a lot of films i want to go to i don't even know if i could actually go for you know see the opposite thing
2: happened to me moods i had two theaters that are close to me and one of them showed kid films and, and family films and the other one got like the horror stuff the one that was further away from me got the horror stuff i hated it It's some shittier theater and it was just terrible that one closed down and what happened was this one that's closer to me that used to only play family stuff now plays both so mm-hmm. like the opposite happened with me where you lost one and still only one <laughs> plays the family stuff but it was good for me that we lost one um, because now the one closer to me actually plays the good stuff I, used to hey, I can
0: it. see whatever I want yeah, I know um, shut up the, jo- the joys of living in a big city though man but yeah no, I, m- I, I, I miss that I a lot
2: now too Jeremy you know that I get a lot of the stuff that, that you get too not everything but a good yeah. bit of stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I miss the big city, man. It's it's so much handier. <laughs> it's yeah, it's so frustrating around here. When
3: you about that, that Bava festival that's
0: going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, so, uh, so disappointing.
3: <laughs> did you guys hear Colton Chucky cements the franchise as one of the best?
2: Really? Reviews is that a review? Come in. It, it is getting positive reviews, too. And um, the new level Saw days. is getting bad reviews and the Leatherface Leatherface is getting good reviews, and what was the other one? Jeepers Creepers getting bad? Uh, I haven't heard. it not I
0: just heard that people were boycotting and protesting (laughs) the film, so I didn't. Oh, that was
2: the last bit of news, so um, there was, Jeepers Creepers was supposed to have a one-day screening, which was on September 23rd, correct? No, No, that's not what it said. You
3: didn't read it right. What? It was supposed to have a, a world premiere on September 13th with a double feature with Jeepers Creepers 1 and Jeepers Creepers 3 and they canceled that. The 26th is still happening. And, and they was the 23rd?
0: And they canceled that uh, because of the, pro- the potential protesters or the they
3: I don't know. I just know that they canceled the world premiere of it in LA. All
2: right. So what what so the film's still mm. coming out
3: limited I- release? No, it's coming out September twenty sixth only. It's a one night thing, like thirty one when thirty one came out. It's a one night. I thought that's what I said. I thought you said that they canceled that.
2: Oh, okay, so that's still happening.
0: Well, that's somebody, somebody happening. better. They
3: canceled. They canceled the world premiere of it on the thirteenth of September.
0: Well, okay. somebody better pick up these distribution rights to
3: release the media soon. Screen Screen Media Archives. I mean, uh, Screen Media
2: picked it
0: up. Oh, did they? All right. All right.
2: So, um and chances wait. are we won't be doing the Jeepers Creepers show until it comes out on media. Screen And media Charlie Charlie
3: Sheen was originally cast in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Mhm. He was having
2: Jackie O'Haley audition for
3: Glenn and he wanted $3,000 a week and they told him to fuck off. Who Charlie?
2: Yeah. Yeah, well Johnny <laughs> Depp's better anyway. Um So uh, that's the news, guys.
0: Sweet. Good stuff. All right. Jumping into mood swings here in the DVD. Blu-ray releases for September 5th, 2017. Uh, First up here, we have a dark song. Uh, An (laughs) IFC Midnight. I know Jeremy will be picking this up. Uh, Of course, released on the Screen Factory line. Uh, I don't know anything about this one. I really don't well we all know the next film is the release of the week so (laughs) yeah uh do you know anything about the dark song i haven't really heard anyone talk about this one at all oh but it looks like a fucking devil film and we all know i hate those so well it's explainable you are a jew
3: so yeah um (laughs) what does that have to do with anything how many times do i have to fucking say this jews don't believe in the damn devil
0: god damn it (laughs) say this shit every time it doesn't mean you can't enjoy a film, man. Fuck, I'm sure there's lots I of just, shit. To yeah, do that. I, you I don't, don't believe in.
2: in the devil either.
0: So. I still like The Exorcist. There you go. There you go. That's
2: Point proven. Made.
0: All right, <laughs> here from Lionsgate, we have a the Blu-ray release of American Psycho two man I don't know why you know as soon as this thing got announced people were like fuck yeah American Psycho 2 wait this too. is
2: Lionsgate so they're yeah. like this isn't worthy of Vestron we <laughs> 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 put Chat 2 on there but American Psycho 2 no nah.
0: that, that shit wouldn't have solved <laughs> but I couldn't believe like the positive reaction to this people were like fuck yeah American Psycho 2 and I'm like what it's maybe it's Psycho good too. It's, it's not it's actually kind of an entertaining film but it's so it got Mila Kunis in it right yeah she's cool yeah. she's cool but I mean I like it, I mean it's so fucking filled with so many plot holes and and just stupid retarded scenes and shit. It's it's kind of fun though, but you know, I can see why Vestron decided to pass on this one, but maybe when it's in the 788 dump bin I'll I don't pick know it if up. it was a lot of people that had never seen American Psycho that were praising the shit and they were all excited because that wouldn't
2: be a bad show one and two. Cuz <laughs> cuz uh, those of you who haven't noticed were kind of a little bit doing a little bit slower of shows in terms of The films we're covering, we're trying to cover two films for the for the next couple weeks, minus, of course, minus Patreon shows.
0: Yeah, well, leading up to Italian month, right? So yeah, yeah, we got got to keep it real, man. Got to pace ourselves (laughs) here. Uh, The Cabin in the Woods coming out on 4K (laughs) for all those. This is
2: probably the first like. 4K film that isn't like a bona fide like classic that, that's also a horror film you know what I mean like it's it's kind of a interesting one to be released but I, I love that movie Just fucking skips over Blade Runner this mofo not even horror
3: Blade Runner's fucking awesome though
0: yeah but it's not a horror film though man it would fit the goddamn profile so yeah, Jerry are, are, are you gonna eventually pick up The Cabin in the Woods I know we were kind of talking about this say if it drops down to Fourteen dollars or something like that. You grabbing it?
1: Mm,
3: I bet you it's ten on Black Friday. Probably. Buy it then. Probably. Maybe. 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 Like I said, I'm going to buy Blade Runner before I buy Cabin in the Woods. So I got to yeah. Cabin in the Woods is fun, dude. Yeah, yeah but it's fucking Blade Runner on four K. I bet you that shit's going. I
0: haven't work seen it in a while, man. Amazing. It's been a while since I've seen Cabin in the Woods. I remember digging it.
2: <laughs> the endings. I I love that movie. The I think ending, one the, the CGI movies. at the
0: end killed
2: killed it for me. No, that's intentional, dude. It looks so
0: bad, though. Yeah, I don't know if it was intentional. Looks shitty but
2: well it some of it is because that's the joke that like it's a parody
0: well of like, course of course the but.
2: giant snake is supposed to be cgi because in horror fan lore we know that the sci-fi channel crank says out like mm. that's the whole point is to be mimicking the uh genres like the same way that you see the pinhead characters and the, the puzzle box it's it's a it's an incredibly intelligent movie that a lot of people miss completely
0: mm-hmm no, I get that. Um, coming from Arrow is actually a film that Derek reviewed on the show last week, and it is called The Ghoul. And How did he have that? Uh, he must have got a screener. YouTube celebrity. <laughs> yeah, I actually never got one for this, I don't think. I don't check half the time. And I get packages <laughs> from Arrow because no, I get the shitty ones, so you. I don't really even open them up half the time. <laughs> I just got to throw them off to the side. Uh I don't know. It sounded interesting, though. I, you know, when he, when he first went into it, I thought it was the Boris Karloff film, but he said 2016. So, um, But it sounds kind of cool. I, I want to check it out, actually. So, uh, Next up here from Screen Factory, we have a film I've never seen before. And I didn't really know a whole lot about. But I did find out this is a TV uh, horror film from the 70s. And it is called The Spell. So that's really damn cool, man. Uh, Screen Factory giving some TV love on Blu-ray.
2: TV Terrors yeah. Volume 2,
0: yeah. actually. Which, which is never happening, which is never happening. They fucking... <laughs> oh, man, that, that whole situation was such a flop. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> is so funny. Uh, we have a... I don't know, I can't really click on this thing, but it's... Uh, we got a four-pack of Chiller Thrillers. Chiller Thrillers. It just looks horrendous. Mm-hmm. I guess no one's probably going to pick up that thing. Probably being mm-hmm. a dump-in at Walmart, you know, five Why, bucks or something. It's a... I don't know if it's
2: horrendous. I mean, it got it got the Good Marriage adaptation on it.
3: Oh, shit, boots. Next week, you finally get to see it. Comes at night. Finally.
0: Fine. I don't know what the other films are on it, but every time I click on it, it just doesn't really do uh, me much, though. It so.
2: is a Good Marriage, Stephen King adaptation, yeah, Face yeah. of an Angel, Faults, and uh... <sighs> I can't find the other one. So are these Face Chiller Channels, man?
0: or are they just called Chiller Thrillers?
2: And, oh, Colonia. Uh, I don't know. The only one that I would be interested in is A Good Marriage, but I already own it. So Yeah. Um, that was also in Full Dark, No Stars. So now I believe three out of the four stories have been adapted. Big Driver, uh, 1922, and Good Marriage. That's there was right. just one other one that wasn't.
0: That is right. Uh, coming out from Universal is a film that both you guys have talked about on the show and it's only coming out on DVD in Region 1. I'm not 100% sure why. Um, and it's called That's Raw. That's so weak. It is Because this film needs to be on Blu-ray. It, it's kind of actually a tough one to get a hold of on Blu-ray. I, I just looked it up before the show. And I was like, I knew there was a Blu-ray somewhere. But it's an HMV exclusive in the UK. So it's not on Amazon UK right now. You can only get an HMV. And it's the Blu-ray exclusive. So don't know what fuck's up with that. But I don't know. Maybe I'll wait for it to come on Amazon. Uh, next up here we have... I'm not really 100% sure what this is <coughs> at all. It's called The Real Story Scream. Uh, do you know anything about this one, JP? So it says the truth behind the fiction. <laughs> it's like Smithsonian Channel, the facts behind... This. I have no idea what this fucking is. I hadn't heard a thing about this. Well, uh, it's, being, it, it's-, it's being distributed by PBS. So that kind of caught my attention. I was like, "What the fuck is this?"
2: Uh, it's, I have no idea what it is, but it is only forty six minutes long, and it <laughs> says the gore fest may seem like Hollywood fiction, but it is actually inspired by a real life killing spree that sent an idea for a town into panic.
3: Oh. Horror one hundred one plus eight coming back.
0: So it's a oh shit based on some weird-ass crime that we didn't know about. Horror 101 plus
2: 2 is literally the worst thing that Jeremy's ever came up with. On. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's actually know. the worst. So, I what, give him technically w-
0: some things. It's Horror 103? No, Horror 101 plus 8. So it's Horror 109? Sure. <laughs> don't I, Shit, that, like, no. fell 30 yards from me. I don't even know what 109 means. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I guess it's saying Scream's iconic villain Ghostface was inspired by a real serial killer who preyed on young students in the college town of Gainesville, Florida. In Gainesville? Mm. I don't know about this bullshit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> get the real story, Scream. Where's the where's the fucking joke in this? I don't. It just it looked odd to me because I'm looking at it going, I don't think that's one of the documentaries that's on, you know, the Scream <laughs> box that released because there's actually two of them in there, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and I'm like, sound- I, I'm pretty sure this is neither of them, so I don't know. But if it's based on some real events that's what it is but 46 minutes pbs <laughs> awesome.
2: it's like smithsonian smithsonian that's yeah, so the, weird that's you the smithsonian magazine put like put, put,
0: like came up with this so fucking random uh release of the of the week of the show um fuck man there's like Really, not a whole lot going on here, man. I probably would have said no. I'm just going to go with the spell. A never-before-seen or released TV horror film from the '70s for collectors—that's that's like gold mine shit right there. So we got to go with the spell. If,
2: if you have 4K, it should be Cabin of the Woods.
0: Nah. You guys
3: are just assholes, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: You just I, need I, a I just... fucking.
0: Nah, 4K is going to fall flat on its face
3: never gonna happen <laughs> that's what you all said about blu-ray and look we're still i never said that, about, never said blu-ray. that shit
0: about blu-ray Get i always knew it was, was fun i mean yeah
3: it will live i bet you in 2020
2: we're still talking about 4K. Uh, no i i truly believe 4k is here to stay however it is there will be blu-ray and there will be dvd as well
3: i agree but it's not gonna fall on its face like moods has said it is I don't know. I guess it remains to be seen. But you know, I mean, we'll people. Are, you know, the 4K when Terminator Two comes out and JP fucking sees it, he's gonna jizz his pants and then he's gonna be come
2: on. Yeah, man. but I'm so far away from getting 4K, especially now that this unfortunate circumstances came into my life. Like that was my. I was gonna try to get 4K this year, but it'll probably be another year. So I just 4K,
0: I don't have any ambition to do it right now whatsoever. Like even grab a 4K think TV. You,
2: you should because you or all <laughs> like you have a, a really good setup, right? I know. I like, just don't need a new TV. My TV like, is so good. I feel like what it is is you don't want to have to worry about collecting something else because you're OCD.
0: No, I just um, don't need a new TV and a new 4K player. Besides the 4K player, to me would be just hooked up next to the all-region player. Well, because, how old is your TV? Um. I don't know. It's a it's a few years old now. Come to think of it, but Uh, older than the podcast. Mm, I don't know when I got this one. Yeah, it's probably it's Uh, probably about that old. Yeah, the one the one that I watched. I've I've bought a couple different ones for upstairs, but but anyways, my point is is that you know I watch a lot of region, you know, locked films and stuff, so I use that player I, I haven't heard of a 4k all region player yet so yes it is there's 400 bucks but you can get them yeah exactly <laughs> my point like i mean that's the thing i mean if you're gonna go upscale buy a 4k tv which is gonna cost you a little bit of money you have to get the 4k player holy fuck dude i mean yeah, like, but those things have been out for like two years and on black friday
3: will be two years those mofos have been out and there's they haven't gone down in price they're still well, well, here's bucks. the thing
2: yeah, my, my cousin today um who by the way does not collect does not watch blu-ray doesn't even own a blu-ray right just texted me today and was like i think i'm gonna get one of those 4k tvs i was walking by walmart (laughs) and they look really really nice and i was like do it you know like so the casuals are starting to buy them mm-hmm. right the, the people that just have TVs you know th- so I, I think that it's it, it's it I, I would say in the next three years everybody that we're in circles with will have
0: one it's really not that practical for myself I, I mean a lot of people that I know are buying 4k TVs are you know they're watching you know TV and things like that with them I don't watch fucking TV ever like the only thing I watch on TV is sports and yeah, well, well, I mean, fucking, I would I would wonder what 4K sports would
2: look see, like. Yeah, I think it's different for you guys I sh- I think it's than it is amazing. for me. Because, yeah.
3: you know, I get off on that kind of stuff. So it's like...
2: I know.
0: like that kind of stuff, too, Jeremy. You know, I, I nerd just, out on I just, it, kill just I mean, I'm right not opposed now. to 4K whatsoever. I just don't see myself. Like I said, it's not that practical well, for myself it, it right also, now.
2: also hasn't transitioned as much up into Canada. I'm sure that, like, the 4K releases would cost you an arm like, and a Best leg right has, now. has, like,
0: a whole fucking
3: section not ready. Oh, no. Yeah, it's getting bigger in Walmart, too. No, I was no, actually
0: really surprised about that. No, 4K, yeah, it, it, that's funny, actually. The the Walmart's here, or the one Walmart, Walmart that I have, man, doesn't have any 4K that I can remember seeing, but like, other places do? I don't know. But 4K TVs and players and all that shit, I mean, that's all. It is what it is, but I guess that it's mostly for people that are watching TV and shit. So not really my thing at all. We'll see. The discs are only 16 gigs more than
3: Blu-rays. So I don't know what the fuck they do to it, but it looks good.
0: Well, apparently that's enough. <laughs> 16 gigs. Shit. Yep. But yeah, I don't know. It's it, it remains to be seen. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. I,
3: I, think, I think the 4K game, especially in the horror community is real right now if you're willing to import stuff, you know? You yeah, it, no, it's not even close to being a viable get,
2: horror collecting option right you now. You get Dawn of the Dead
3: on 4K. There's like
2: five titles, dude. Like, yeah. it's not something that's I know, but... even close to being a thing. Like, literally, the Suspiria, uh Synapse has just made a statement where they said to actually put Suspiria on 4K disc would cost so much money that it would be a loss and that makes sense that right we probably won't see these niche companies doing it for Mm. old retro films for another four or five years because the price of it is just so high right now and we're just going to see major studios putting out stuff that's in their vaults for a little while i can't see a lot of these um,
0: companies doing them except for the bigger ones like screen factory and arrow the ones that are actually you know making a ton of money good and stuff thing,
3: but i think one arrow's gonna be thing. the first one to do it
2: probably one good thing though dude is that a lot of these people are already creating 4k transfers and scans
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. for their you know 2k releases or whatever it is Or or for their, it's more or less a prelude to what's
0: to come, right? It's it's kind of a prelude. So yeah,
2: yeah, it's it's good that they're you know doing this with it with you know already spending the money now, and eventually once actually putting them to disc becomes cheaper, then it'll become more viable, and and that's when it would really take off or not take off. Um, we're still a long ways away. It's people like Jeremy who are who are you know going to keep it afloat for a little while, uh, and then once you know it settles in a little bit more, becomes cheaper. Uh, the more things are produced, the cheaper they become. Things like that. So uh, it's 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 interesting. I'm sure we're going to talk about it a few times more. Mm.
0: I mean, you know, essentially, what it comes down for me, man, is some of the the companies that I collect movies from and support. I mean if they started putting out the that format, I mean, yeah, you know, it might pique my interest a little bit more. But right now it's you know it's more of the studio catalog titles that are coming out. Things that I'm just you know that I own on other formats. Like I mean for me, uh, Cabin in the Woods, I have a Blu ray, there's no way I'd buy the four K. There's just no I just wouldn't do there's it.
2: There's no way I would buy the four K for a four K price. Now if it was like ten bucks or something,
0: mm-hmm. it's I'm only definitely-
2: fifteen right now. You know that right? That's insane. That's a good price. So I know. That, I mean, shit. That's fucking cheaper than a Blu-ray that comes a new Blu-ray. Four
3: Ks are only five dollars more than Blu-rays on.
0: But they have to. They have to keep the prices day. down, though, man. They have to start selling a little bit here, man.
2: Yeah, but you know what, Jeremy? Five dollars more is a lot when you're already paying top bill for something you know when it, when a movie to me costs $20 on release date $25 yeah but you have point. to remember
3: that you're not getting just the 4K you get the 4K and the Blu-ray
2: you know just for like, now for now oh. just like when Blu-rays first came out it always came with a DVD too but yeah, now but it's they like pretty much still do come with the DVD. sometimes not all the time there's a lot that don't still yeah a lot of the niche stuff but a lot of the studio stuff Kind of yeah conditions. so um basically i think that right. uh well 4, they, can,
0: they, can, they have the co- you know afford you know the distribution on the dvd and blu-ray because it's usually different rights right that's why you'll see some combo packs come out they'll put up the dvd and blu-ray and then some companies like yeah. i mean look at mondo macabro no, man the same rights look at mondo macabro man some of their stuff comes out on blu-ray some comes out on dvd i mean pff, it's just the way it is right so um when they probably could be doing them it's, who knows maybe that's what they acquired I don't know. I mean, look at Raw. Why is Raw only on DVD? Because DVD sells more than Blu-ray. Fact. It
2: does. Maybe it does. If you're not, I mean, hitting... I mean, it could
0: be an argument too. I mean, it could have been that's just what they got. They acquired the right. They they acquired the DVD no, there's rights there's actually for it. no difference in rights between DVD and Blu-ray.
2: Actually, I don't... It's only it's only um, digital that has a difference in rights. I don't think because so, home man. video can be uh, anything. It could be Blu-ray,
0: 4K. Uh, it could be any any release that's on physical. I can't think of any specifics, but I, I remember specifically, uh, me and Derek were even talking about a film that was released on DVD by a company, and somebody went and released, they got the rights to release the Blu-ray, and it pretty much came out at the exact same time. So that's why they I, did that. Uh, yeah. I can't remember what the fuck film it was, and I was just like, oh yeah, that's kind of interesting, but... But you know, whatever. I, I think there is difference. I mean, everything probably works a little bit different too. Who who really knows, man? I mean, that part of the industry is.
2: I just have never is, heard of it. it so it, I mean, if it happens, I'm sure it's rare.
0: Yeah. Could be. Could be. Could be. All right. So moving along here, let's get into uh, some box office brawl. Uh, let's get.
2: ding ding! since jp's unprepared again <laughs> man i don't know when we do brock's office brawl this is your segment douche
0: <laughs> shouldn't you have i don't have know, why, I don't ding know ding? why you keep blaming jp every time for that yeah <laughs> because you're the one that has there all the sound effects nobody ever carries the sound effects but you yeah but it's, yeah, the one joke. Joke. it's your game player do it okay so just
2: an update on the scores you know we did mention it last week but uh i am one point moods is two versus me I am three versus two against Jeremy, and Jeremy is zero, and Moods is two against each other. So,
3: you, you, you. So this week, guys. So this week was the number one worst weekend in box office history in the past fifteen years. So, really, the past fifteen years in the history of the box
0: office, but the last fifteen years. Yep, yep. (laughs)
3: Okay, I just like the so way that the, was worded. The Pine gross of the top 12 films fell to total over $50 million and $2.6 million of this came from the M- Mayweather and McGagger, McGregor <laughs> McGregor The theaters
2: were showing them.
1: The oh were gosh, telecast,
3: and, it, and it placed 8th for the weekend. So that fight was in the top 10 for the box office for the week. So how much did it make? It made $2.6 million on Saturday only to place it the third on Saturday's chart and eighth for the
2: weekend. So what is that? What is 2.6 million divided by 100? 260000 So in theaters, they sold 260000 buys, I guess it would be, right? How's well, that they work?
3: were $40 a ticket.
2: Okay. So, Holy okay, so, fuck. Yeah.
3: Really? Crazy. Yeah. 40 bucks. 40 bucks. All right, so uh, no need to sugarcoat it. This week was a miserable weekend. The combined gross of the top 12 failed to reach over 50 million, something that hasn't happened in an August weekend in over 20 years. In fact, the combined 49 million for the top 12 is the worst since the top 12 combined for 43.5 million in late September 2001, which, of course, makes sense why that was the case. Yeah, uh, it does. <laughs> Making matters worse, with next weekend seeing no major new wide releases, things aren't going to improve until it arrives on September eighth. So, number one, Hitman's Bodyguard, ten million, and Annabelle Creation, which brought in seven point three five million.
2: Which, uh, I believe ten bucks so that was for me, and ten bucks for me.
0: <laughs> I say I saved my fourteen. I saved my fourteen.
3: <laughs> but uh, so. We're off next week, and we're gonna come back. So, the week that we come back, uh, it will have came
2: out. So we're gonna and do- which we should hopefully be covering. Like that's yep. our goal right now. It, so it,
3: it all depends on Moods and his fucking stupid Canadian ass. If, so we'll if
2: Moods does not see it, we will still cover it in some format. It might not be an episode. Uh, might be in what we watched. Maybe we can just do it one.
0: Man, you are hell bent you know? on covering this regardless.
2: Crazy. dude it's such a huge film and i'm gonna see it so why not turn it into content you know what i mean it's just me i know for sure that i'm seeing it opening night it, it just feels silly not to turn it into some kind of content um but anyway, especially if you need content
3: so it so it's it's definitely you know the most talked about release in the community for this year and it's gonna get a wide release 4000 plus theaters everyone's talking about it you know, one of the greatest marketing campaigns in recent memory. YouTube fucking exploded the day the trailer came out. So I think it's going to do big. I'm curious to hear what you guys are going to think it's going to do.
2: So, JP, how much do you think it's going to make? I'm going first. Okay, I can go first. I don't care. Well, no, no. I mean, if you – like, it's fair for me to go first. You always go first usually, but I just – you went against the grain here. So, um – all right, so I guess I will go first. So, how many theaters is this in? Four thousand. What?
0: Four thousand. Four thousand. Crazy.
2: And it, it better fucking be up in Canada. If it's in four four thousand theaters and it's not, well, in Canada, I wouldn't that's say. That's up Of shit. course,
0: everyone's gonna get it, but you gotta remember where I live. I mean, it'll be playing in fucking thirty. I just different can't imagine you cinemas get... in Vancouver. Annabelle. Like you,
2: you got Alien Covenant and Annabelle. Like I just assumed that you would. I i mean, yeah, but this, I just but I would guy, be very. This surprised. guy likes to
0: bid on shitty films like the fucking emoji film and hit him that, up, call it whatever, be fucking like fucking garbage. Came out, from, man, because you're ruining my life. Fucking Dark Tower, <laughs> fucking Nut Job two. Like combine those films, don't <laughs> even have thirty percent on Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes. That's fucking ridiculous, man. <laughs> Like this is the shit that we have in the theater right now. I guess we have Dunkirk, and I don't know. I don't know what the fucking Hitman's Bodyguard is, but Annabelle is there. So I mean, at least that's that's, that's promising. That's encouraging. That's encouraging that there yeah. is a horror film within the midst of all that diarrhea. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right, JP. Well, okay. So it's in four thousand theaters.
2: Got right? it. I didn't think it was going to be in that many. That's fucking crazy. That's 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 a lot. Like what what is what is else gets four thousand? Like what did the, Dark the block blockbusters. Have? Blockbusters like 3, yeah,
0: fucking anything with Marvel stamped on it. Mm. <laughs> it's crazy, man. What is it going up against? Do we know? It yeah, is going is it up going against
3: 911, which is a movie that Charlie Sheen and Whoopi Goldberg is is in when they're trapped in an elevator in one of the Twin
0: Towers on 9-11. That sounds, like I mean, that a TV sounds film. pretty cool. That's, that sounds like a made-for-TV film right
3: there. I know, but it sounds kind of cool. It's a contained movie. <laughs> Wait, what okay. is it again? Say it again. It has Charlie Sheen, Whoopi Goldberg, and it takes place inside cast. of an elevator in one of the Twin Towers on 9-11. That's like the most random cast, Dude, man.
2: Dude, and this is not a comedy? No, it's a fucking drama
0: that's like the weirdest comment. Charlie Sheen and Whoopi Goldberg.
2: Is this with or
0: without AIDS? <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> <Is> that gonna- <laughs> I'm a dick. Is that gonna affect your t- <laughs> your decision?
3: And then it's uh, going up against uh, Home Again, which is a Reese
2: Witherspoon <laughs> romantic comedy. Oh, fucking
0: Reese Witherspoon and her. It, 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 this is such chin.
2: a weird... Okay, so it's really not going against, up against anything significant. That no. is a huge deal. Nope, because Mother comes out the week after that. Which is good, but no, yeah. it is good. And it will not affect it at all. Nobody's like, well, I'm not I'm not going to the movies this weekend because uh, next weekend Mother comes out and I need to save my money. And then after um, that, just put it this the week that. after
3: that, Friend Request comes out, and then the week after that, flatliners comes out so we
2: have a big box office brawl uh schedule ahead of us which so is a cool whole month. and did you see the trailer for flatliners i don't JP? think that's gonna do yeah you. dude listen i it looks like the a trailers. horror film listen i watched the trailers for everything like and i'm excited for everything that i see. seen fuck i don't know that. he's so excited I was like, about everything that he saw looks cool man it's yeah. gonna make him start like,
0: watching trailers at home now on his pc no, no, no. I, like, no, no, I no, don't need to go to the no. theater and just watch trailers. I'm going to stay at home like, and watch my PC and like tell anybody. Like the trailer it.
2: is scary <laughs> as fuck Like Happy Death Day looks fun as hell. Um Flatliners actually looks cool. Like it, it it's probably not going to be great. Man, I can't even but comment But it looks at least shit, intriguing.
0: Man. It looks, it looks like sh- a horror film, I'm right? I'm keeping it real. I'm not watching oh, yeah, trailers, man. I'm it keeping it real. It definitely has more of a, I would well, have fucking left the theater, man. I would have left the theater no. and then, you know, kind of got a text from Carly and said, hey, are the, the trailers over? I would have kept it real, man. Kept it no. real.
2: Okay, so <laughs> with with this in mind, guys, so, so, so let me just put this in perspective. The number two Stephen King opening of all time is The Dark Tower. Yeah. <laughs> It's so gonna be
0: number one. So. Man, that is so pathetic.
2: Yeah, <sighs> the number so one pathetic. is 1408 with a whopping $20 million. Oh, so it's going to
0: crush that if shit. If history shows... <laughs> no, this is, People are it, intrigued this by clowns. Would,
2: this would be fucking a, a disaster uh, if, if it came in long lines with history. We know that this is going to break history uh, because it has one thing that those other films don't, and that is that it's about clowns and it's about one of Stephen King's best novels one of his most known novels of all time uh i am very very conflicted on this one um because i don't i don't know i feel like it's gonna be huge um but again it could be one of those things what like what is the biggest opening for the year right now uh that would be
3: my beauty and the beast i think stand by
2: Okay, so while Jeremy's out... Yeah, it's out,
3: Beauty, Beauty and the Beast with. Uh, it opened up to 147
2: million. Holy shit. Holy okay, so we know it's not going that there. But that meant. that. Jesus so, so if. I, it, it, 140 million, right? For a PG film that everybody and their granddaughters. 170 million. Go of
0: a story that everybody knows. It's, that's a fucking shit. So, um,
2: so, okay. I'm going to say automatically no matter what, cut that in half because um, the PG alone is going to bring in double. That's what's I mean? in top ten.
3: Get out. What did it open at? Uh, well, for domestically, for the year, it's number nine of the year. But it made $175 million during its whole run. Just fucking nuts. Uh, opening weekend it made $33 million. <sighs>
2: And that's Get Out, you know. Okay, but Get Out, I feel like was one of those films that got word of mouth going, and it and it and it just stayed dominant. But that was the opening week. Mm, I don't know, man.
3: I think this one's gonna fucking.
2: What, cry. what did Annabelle do? Thirty five. Yeah, thirty five. So it only did a couple million under Get Out.
3: Yeah, but I think it has a lot more buzz
2: around. I it do than too. Annabelle. I do too, and that's that's my argument here. Is like the word of mouth with Get Out, like. Helped a lot, but it is already established. People know it. Um, even pe- my coworkers know it. And w- one coworker in particular was like, "Oh, hell no, I ain't going to see it. I seen that original, and and it scared the shit out of me." So like, like it's known. It's a known film. Like people know what it is. Um, it's. Uh, I think that the, I think it, it's really gone viral, and I think that one of the cool things about it was and this is hugely factoring into my rating. Um I believe that the trailer became like the most viewed trailer ever or something on YouTube um in the the time frame that it was released. So
0: that's cuz like 12 and 13 year old huge. kids were clicking on that shit left and right. That is huge. I'm
2: going to come in at a whopping and this is probably crazy, but I'm going to say
0: 59 million. Oh, betting with your heart. Nice. I like to hear that. 59 million. I'll take yeah, it. A little point. bit even
3: higher than what I was going <laughs> like, to.
0: A Little bit too high. I'm a little bit of uh, fuck dude, I don't know, man. This well, th- I think this with is like
3: I think with it like the promotion on this motherfucker has been insane. Like universe, I mean, uh it, it's like the best promotion. Who's the one War- Warner yeah, Brothers, right? So yeah. Warner Brothers has done like yeah. fucking mental mental promotion with this mofo like they've made like a bus, uh, a VR bus, and they've been like traveling it around the country, like bringing it to all these places. Like back in the day, like Doctor Butcher MD running down the streets of New York, saying all this stupid shit like they did back in the day. So they made this VR bus, and they've been driving around and placing it places, and people go in and you know, there's put on a headset, all that bullshit, and then they built a haunted house on um, on Hollywood Boulevard somewhere and that's been sold out every day it's free you just have to show up every day and that's been sold out until the end of the run and I think it's been going on or it's going to be going on for like six weeks or something like that it's like impossible to get into so I think definitely people are really interested in this movie I think it's going to do fucking it's going to crush it I think IMAX is going to help it a lot even though are you going to give us a fucking number or what
2: well let me, me, let, let me tell you this so these are some of the films that opened at 59 million Monsters vs Aliens, Star Trek Beyond, Jason Bourne, Pearl Harbor, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, Hannibal, Toy Story Two, Uh Twenty Second Ch- Jump Street. Now
3: don't, that that's different though, JP, because back in the day movies didn't open up in four thousand theaters like they did today. You know? It would be 2,000. Yeah so well, some I of mean, those the ones yeah, that th- I'm this talking 4,
2: about right nuts. now, Jeremy uh is between 3,500 and well be, between 3,200 and 4,000 mm-hmm.
3: well okay so with IMAX I think it's going to help it a lot so I'm going to come in at 55
2: 55 million oh 55 Hulk Skull Island came in at 61 yep that movie that's interesting it, that's interesting which one Kong Skull Island from this year. Oh, yeah, I crushed it, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. That guy, just, uh, went, that guy
3: graduated be from
1: my
0: Skull. film school. Yeah, I mean it's a Kong film. I mean it's gonna do well. Um, what did you say, Jeremy? Five. What was it?
3: Fifty-five.
0: Fifty-five. Okay. Fifty-five and fifty-nine. So you guys are so fucking close. You going last year? Kind of a. A little bit of advantage here. Um, yeah, th- this is a tough one, man. This is a really, really tough one. I, I didn't realize it was in 4,000 theaters. That's crazy talk. I was expecting maybe 28 to 3,000. No way. But why, w- like, why wouldn't I, though? I mean, it's, Because it's,
3: Wish Upon it's, was in
0: 2,800 theaters, and that did shitty. Yeah, but it's still a horror film, though. They generally don't get this type of push. How many horror films this year came out in four thousand theaters?
2: This one.
0: <laughs> exactly my point. Two. films... I think films? this and
2: Split. This and Split. Okay,
0: three fucking films out of all the theatrical releases this year. This, that just proved my point. Dude, Split feels so long ago at this point. Yeah, I saw that in the cinema too. Um, so I guess I get a little bit of. I, that's like the only films I've seen all year. <laughs> right there, Kong and fucking Split. Uh, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm going to say 47. 47. I think it's going to be under 50. And I'm going to say 47.
2: Split actually had 3.3 thousand
0: 3, mm. theaters. What did you so say? So this is
2: huge. Split only had 3,300. Mm. It's still a lot.
0: Yeah, it's a lot, but this is no, it's, massive. No, that's a lot. It is massive, though. I can't believe it's getting. Okay, 4, what did you say, Moons? 47. I'm right, going to say 47. So,
2: I think you came in with the smartness because um, it. I think it's kind of silly to go above me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Um, but you have a lot of room to work with. But with being below Jeremy and that far below me, um, so let's see here. Um, Jeremy, I'm willing to take a bet with you. Okay. Sounds you good. Yeah. So fifty nine
3: versus fifty five. I'll take a bet with all you fuckers.
2: I'll take a bet with Moods as well.
0: Yep. I'm on board.
2: And so, okay, just so we have this correct, um, Moods is betting Jeremy 47 versus 55. And whoever is closest wins uh, me and Jeremy 55 versus 59. Um, that's very interesting. I mean, if it's under 55, Jeremy is going to take it. Um, and then he has, we, he has a little bit of room to work with. Um, if it goes above him as well. Um, so, whew. um, and then finally, uh, me versus moods. Mood says 47. I say 55. So, um, or I say 59. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, yeah, so that's box office brawl. Uh, we will be back the second week of September. Um, which by then we should have the results.
0: Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's crazy shit, man. 4,000 theaters blow my mind, blew my shitter out. Um, this is my most anticipated film, by the way, so. You're damn right. I want to cover it. Yeah, it's it's one of mine too. Actually, I even admitted that. You know, I'm really curious to see what they do with this. I hope they just they they darken it up mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be missing Ritter though. One of my favorites. No John Ritter. No John Ritter. It saddens me, man. One of my favorites. But anyways, let's move on here. Let's get into some fucking dead mail with the Jew.
3: Yeah, dead mail. So, digging into the Fangoria library, and this week decided to pull an issue from June two thousand and two, and this has Dagon, Dagon, Dagon. Right moods? You said it earlier. Dagon. Dagon. And no. uh, on the cover, this has uh, Spider Man, the Lucio Fulci connection. Um, whichever. That's interesting. Eight legged freaks gets much bigger. The article that I read in the uh, Patreon live stream. So if you guys want uh, something to fall asleep to, you can listen to that. (laughs) Um, Infested Get the Raid and Chubby House Satan in the Suburbs. So this is, like I said, from june 2002 so let's see what people in june 2002 were doing in the horror world so this one comes from here i'm very familiar with <laughs> uh jonathan yes. watkins jonathan watkins said hey we have a dude in the group named jonathan watkins i
2: wonder maybe, if that's him
3: maybe it's him uh Probably last fucked. night i went against my expectations and forced myself to see blade 2 and i'm glad as hell that i took the chance on it blade 2 is not only an improvement on the original which I really didn't care for. It's an incredible, incredible orgasmic gore fest. So far, it's Del Toro's best film. The whole yeah. time, is this is in 2002. No pants <sighs> lab. I know the whole time I watched this. I was reminded of aliens because like that masterpiece, this is a film that never lets up and throws everything at you, including the kitchen sink. Uh, David Gore's script has some minor flaws, but he also written an incredible joy ride, through the world of vampires and, cre- and created great new enemies that even give all the fams the uh, creeps. Uh, the Reapers are instantly among the greatest horror movie villains ever created. After this movie, <laughs> after this movie, I kept checking my chin to make sure I didn't have that nasty scar. The only real flaw in the film were with Whistler. I just didn't see the point to a lot of his actions, and I really didn't like Chris Offenson in the role. And some of the people are refilling themselves for who they really are at the end seemed a little rushed. But put those few minor minor cribbles aside, and you have a very well-made horror film that I'll watch many times in the future. Can't wait for Blade 3. Well, too bad it's not Blade
1: 3.
2: Yeah. Sorry to disappoint with Blade 3. Uh, Blade 2 is... A good movie like I remember when we covered 2002 it was one of my more surprising watches because I was like oh damn Blade 2 is actually really fucking entertaining movie Um, but this guy's praise for it is uh, a little bit ridiculous when saying that the vampires are among the greatest horror villains ever Uh, that is that is a ridiculous statement
0: (laughs) yeah I agree man (laughs) that shit made me laugh dude that was awesome Um I never liked Blade 2 when I first watched it to be honest. It was not a fan. Well, it's not even a top
2: 10 of the year. No. Year.
0: No. It, yeah, it, it didn't make any of our lists? No.
2: No, it didn't. In fact, um I could actually tell you where around Blade actually ended up on my list because I still have my rankings, but Blade 2 I actually like more than the first Blade. You know, it's uh it's it's one of those films that like I think do does improve on the sequel. Or improves with the sequel, but it's definitely not like, you know, uh, an amazing movie. So let's see where I had Blade 2 at. Uh, Blade 2 was actually number 13 on my top list, which includes about 45 films. Damn. So. Number 13. So, not definitely, you know, up there, you know, up there for sure. I had it about two spots above Resident Evil. <laughs> well,
3: we'll get there in a second. Okay. Hmm. Okay, this one comes, uh, now we have two about Resident Evil. We have one from Peter De La Rosa, and he has no address. So, uh, I just returned from seeing Resident Evil, and all I could say is that it rocks. Some diehard fans are going to be disappointed in the storyline. But this film is full of action, suspense, a killer soundtrack, and a great cast led by Mila Djokovic. The gore factor isn't as high as one would think, so gore fans are going to be shocked. I hope there will be an unrated version when Resident Evil comes to DVD, and I cannot wait
2: for the sequel. Okay, Peter? Um, so, I, I was actually kind of surprised with Resident Evil on Revisit 2. I actually made my number 15 spot right above Ted Bundy. Um, it had potential to make my list like it did but uh, there was just too many he- heavy hitters towards the end um, Resident Evil is just one of those movies where if you're a huge fan of the games you cannot bring that into it with you because it's not the games uh, there's references to the games but it just doesn't have the feel, the style, really anything to do with the games except for references uh, I'm a huge fan of the games the first you know, three or four games are, are classics and among my favorite games ever uh, but I think that the Resident Evil films are actually fun, and that's I what mean, it comes down to. They're they're I pretty like fun. Park.
0: I only like park I'm not even I, I'm not even overly familiar with. I've played, uh, I believe, the original Resident Evil game, and thought it was pretty the best, cool. I don't the best one. I, I don't remember it a whole lot. It's been so so many years, but I, I'll admit, man, I'm not a fan of the movies, man. I'm just not a fan of that. I'm really actually kind of surprised that you do or that you liked it as much as you did because i know you're not a big fan of like over stylized type things and <laughs> that movie's
2: really stylized yeah um, it, and it's it just, very action oriented yeah it um, seems to have elements very... that you wouldn't really
0: care for and it's exactly the reasons why i don't care for it i just don't i i honest to god i, I get a little bit bored watching it too and i'm just i don't know it doesn't do it for me man I, I just
2: really think i like the the subtle references to the to the games and i actually like mila a lot and mm. um uh michelle rodriguez i really like her character um i only seen up to part three and i didn't like part three part part two is the best in the series this is actually a series that i would like to cover one day on the podcast just because it's i know will be mixed and it'll kind of be it's just something out of our norm to cover uh so i would like to eventually cover it on on this show um but that's not for, for a while
0: yeah, well, I mean, I've only seen the first three, and definitely part two is probably my favorite one too. I mean, if I was to pick a favorite out of those three, but yeah. I, I don't know. I think it just—I think it'd be pure torture for me because the new one just came out. <laughs> well. So there's six of them. Ugh, yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I believe there's six. There's six. So there's six yeah, films yeah, there's now, and, and it's I just... would like
2: to do Underworld as well. Yeah, because those are like—I put those in the sa- i lump those in the same vein as Resident Evil, except for I don't like Underworld.
0: Very, very much the same stylized yeah. type films and yeah I, I get what you're saying man i'm not they real. actually
2: annoy like underworld is even more stylized and actually annoys me mm-hmm. like i used to watch face off a lot and they oh, like geez. patrick lussier the creator of underworld rise of lichens or something and i'm like she's yeah. 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 i think this is interesting this next piece here from
3: mr tad Hethcote. he okay. says instead of criticizing resident evil for all the things it did wrong i will write one praising its efforts First off, Resident Evil is a breath of fresh air from recent CGI ruled Fair, which is total (laughs) bullshit, because that movie has some of the worst CGI. Yeah, there's a lot. I was just going to say,
0: what the fuck is this guy watching? Though it does use
3: some of its... Though it does use some to its advantage. Today, Junior?
2: Oh, no. It does not use CGI to its advantage, because one of the first things you see is... One of the first zombies is CGI, too. Like, the one that is missing half of its head. It's yeah, uh, the gardens.
3: zombie and undead dog makeups are executed very well many will cry that the movie isn't faithful to the game that is true in many aspects however it does succeed in presenting the same claustrophobic atmosphere that the game creates sure I would have loved to have seen bit. some of the Resident Evil original characters and plot twists but how much could you expect from the honchos in Hollywood mm-hmm. being the Living Dead fan that I am I was very happy to see a homage to George Romero in his films Part of me wondered where the whole. Part of me wondered the whole time I watched Resident Evil how this version would have turned out. At least this way, with influence from the cold flicks, Romero has created, he is still respected and recognized. Uh, for those who complain that Resident Evil ripped him off, I ask why wasn't the game itself heavily influenced by Romero's work? If so, why shouldn't the movie be? Uh, Resident Evil could have been made a thousand different ways. If I had the director's chair, I would have done things differently. At least this Resident Evil is a little more decent than most of the stuff that gets screen time.
2: Huh. So I think that that dude's obviously off base. Um, I think the way you actually do Resident Evil is very hard if you want to be close to the games because the games are puzzle games, essentially, the original ones, you know what I mean? So it doesn't make sense. You can't really translate that to movie. Now, what I would have liked to see... Is you set the first one in the mansion of the first game, and you make it a siege narrative, much like Night of the Living Dead, and you have an amazing movie. Uh, and as the characters eventually progress through the the you know get pushed back and further into the mansion, you maybe have some of the other monsters. Um, there, you know what I mean. Maybe a, a couple references to the puzzle. The snake, the snake would have been cool if they went to the attic. You know, different things like that. You, you can definitely get into the cheesy territory there. But I, I think that the 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 one cool thing about the first game is it is absolutely terrifying. It is a scary game, and you could have made a scary movie, but instead they went for an action-oriented movie.
1: Yeah.
3: All popcorn. right. Popcorn,
0: popcorn, fluff.
3: Yeah. From Ash Pocock. This reads, <laughs> When Readers Rave. So, he says, If not for your recent feature on Scott Reynolds, When Strangers Appear, I would have assumed it was yet another trashy, cliche T- DTV thriller and completely passed this by on the shelves at my local blockbuster. And it's actually one of the most compelling, engaging movies I've seen in years. Superb direction and ph- photography approximately switch between an enormous sense of physil- physical and psychological isolation and the tawed, rapid-paced claustrophobia of the action scenes. It is generally exciting in an old-fashioned way, those post postmodern irony here, with a script as effective and chilling, sparse as the setting and the strangers who populate it, affordi- avoiding getting bogged down with grad- grad- gratities Like what was on the CD ROM. I strongly recommend other Fango readers rent this hidden gem of a thriller. I have
2: no idea what you said in that. I don't know what they're referencing.
3: (laughs) Me neither. Moods have you seen? You need to pre-read some
0: of
2: these, dude.
3: Have you seen When Strangers Appear moods?
0: I don't think so. I was trying to think, and I don't (laughs) think so.
3: Okay. Uh, Okay. Last one in the moment. Right. And then we'll move on to the releases I'm really upset that you're I'm really upset that on your website you give terrible reviews to almost every film there should be no question that movies like Blade 2 Brotherhood of the Wolf, Lord of the Rings Ginger Snaps, Hannibal Cherry Falls and American Psycho deserve a 5 score rating well why didn't you give it to them great movies like Jeepers Creepers, Joyride, The Cell and Final Destination scored low yet terrible movies like The Forsaken Scream 3, Blair Witch 2 and Dracula 2000 scored high what the hell?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that some of those movies deserve five skulls or whatever the fuck they were giving them. Um, I, like, Joyride is probably up there with, like, four and a half. Skull-ish. I don't know how to do this five skull rating shit, man. Well, it the way that I look at it is five is not does not equal ten, right? Five is way more common. Like, you can have a, pretty much anything that's eight to ten is a five, right? um if you transition your 10 rate 10 scale rating to a 5 scale rating like oh man, of- um basically anything from 8 to 10
0: would be a 5 right isn't that how that would work
1: yeah
0: I guess. So, <laughs> yeah i just always so kind of like took the five and just kind of if i was to go to a five i'd use my 10 scale and just basically down or divide it in half so if I was given a film five out of ten, I would just give it two and a half skulls out of five.
2: Yeah, yeah. So if you were giving it a nine, you would give it
0: like a three eight. and a
2: half. No, it'd be a four, four and, a and a half or four. A four. A
0: half. Oh, given a nine. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I was thinking, never mind, never mind. I was thinking something totally different. Yeah, so it'd be four and a half. Okay, exactly. Yeah.
2: So yeah, uh, I mean, I, I always find it interesting when readers. Um, like, write in and say... And it doesn't happen that much on this show, surprisingly, that we're way off base with our... I think that back then... um it was much different than now, where it, it, with social media and with YouTube and all that th- stuff, people like realized that hey, this is all opinion. Back then, they were looking at it like hey, you're saying this as if it's fact. I think that that's why people got so angry back then. But that guy's list of movies that he was like mm-hmm. saying should be five skulls is like both lists are kind of have faults. <laughs> like I think yeah. it's because and people fangorius. look at the
0: writers for Fangoria as like, you know, these professional type writers, professional critics and things like that and they just kind of Well, the reason they do that because they yeah. do
2: have influence. Like yeah. It, yeah. if you see they have cre- street cred essentially like and that's why people have problems with because you're you're influencing people so you actually are causing change and causing uh, you know flow of things so I guess that's why it can be problematic Mm -hmm.
3: alright so this is what comes out on VHS in June of 2002 and just by looking at this page this clearly shows what the fuck was going on in June 2002 in the horror world so we have um, she creature from Columbia TriStar Uh, just uh, that just looks like crap. Um, <laughs> it's a TV film, have, isn't it? We have we have Dark oh, Asylum from Lionsgate. Never heard of it. Uh, Winter Lily from Fangard Never heard of it. Unseen Evil from Monarch. Uh, and Never stage stage goat stage ghost from Spartan. Never
0: heard of it. Spartan. <laughs> wow. Covers. Huh look like wow, she creature. <laughs> I actually own that.
3: <laughs> okay, so those are the VHS's. Now, let's see what's on DVD. Hopefully, we have a little bit better uh fare. Yeah. So, this comes from DVD Dungeon. Doom, doom, doom. Uh, we have Donnie Darko, nice. Uh, the others, uh, 13 Ghosts, nice. Um, uh, no telling. Which, I don't know what it is. Uh, Cannibal Apocalypse from the Year collection. Is that Shop the
0: Is it the Larry Fessenden yep. film? Yeah, okay. Uh,
3: Session 9. Uh, the Watcher in the Woods. And Rape of the Vampire.
0: Huh. Which is the Gene Rowland film.
2: Yep. Yeah. Wow. It's like so it, huh. all over the so place, what's, what's your retro pick of the week? <laughs> session nine hands down <laughs> all right so everybody listening from night or from 2002 go out and get session nine
3: yeah session nine pick up that blu-ray from you know DVD. Well, dvd and here is an ad from 2002 for cinema wasteland
2: that's cool. fucking awesome october 4th 5th and 6th
3: 2002 in Strongville, Ohio, the same place where it is today.
0: Yeah, it's always <laughs> been there. Same showroom, everything. Yeah.
3: Tickets, $10 for a three-day pass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 10 bucks for three days? Mind you, it hasn't gone, I mean really, it's what, 30 bucks now? So yep. That's not too bad. 15 years ago.
3: Cutthroat video, phantom video, all these awesome places, unearthed films. So, some places that are still yeah. around i has been around
0: forever huh so they, that is about the time they came out too that's interesting that's cool
2: that
3: is deadmail from june of 2002 that's cool man you guys enjoyed it
0: this week deadmail yeah and that yeah cool stuff cool stuff still don't know what that strangers movie is yeah. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> actually thinking about that too i'm like i don't know what the fuck that is <laughs> okay so that's going to conclude mood swings get into www portion of the show oh
3: my jesus fucking christ what <laughs> we watched how hard is it to say use the same amount of breaths to say
2: www you just say what we watched because www sounds cooler
0: it does sound WWW. cooler W sounds retarded L- L- J- jeremy it's i know this has been brought up before but do you ever call it like world wrestling entertainment
3: oh my god this is totally different how is
2: it totally different
0: it's abbreviated because- wwe God, it's not. What it's the you... same fucking difference, man. It is. <laughs> do you lit. say total non-stop action
2: wrestling?
3: I don't watch TNA, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Because
0: exactly.
3: no,
2: you sound like such a fucking nerd when you w- if you would say that out loud.
3: If you redneck losers like Jerry watch that shit. I don't watch that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, good shit, man. Do you
2: do you say you're going to the Department of Motor Vehicles? <laughs>
0: There's a point where people, that we abbreviate these things that just sound cooler. Yeah, yeah, Definitely come on, sound cooler. Uh, Yeah, man. Who wants to go first here? I'll go.
2: So uh, the one and only film that I watched this week, besides the things that we were covering, uh, is Annabelle Two: Creation or just
1: average. average.
2: Uh, Jeremy says this film is average. Um, one, he's wrong. Okay, and I'm gonna break it down uh so the synopsis basically um jeremy gave a huge spoiler away in his review um that was really annoying to me uh because it does it's a reveal at the end of the film so like Go i ahead. knew that going and you said um how the annabelle doll was essentially created um and that's a huge spoiler because it's a reveal how is that a reveal because the wife reveals it at the end and it's a huge But you see it in the beginning, though. No. You see how they make the doll. You don't see what the doll is when it's possessed. Uh, You gave away why that happened. Oh, that's some shit. You did. You did. You spoiled it on (laughs) me, Andy. Um, So, uh, basically, um, we have a, a couple. I mean, to be fair, it is kind of not a huge twist or anything like you can kind of put it together that's what's going to happen but it, it just if there was a little bit more mystery without being spoiled you know i probably would have flowed a little bit better but it's oh, not a huge- suck my
3: cock i didn't ruin that fucking movie for you don't give me that no, shit. you
2: didn't because i still really like the movie uh so it it follows um it's set. I, I think it's set in like the 40s or 50s I can't really tell there's like a jump forward in time like 12 years uh, but it's basically on a farm where there's this you know old school couple who have a baby uh, husband and wife a, a little girl uh, and she's tragically hit by a car uh, 12 years later they open up their house as an orphanage uh, and bring in a bunch of uh, young um, I'd say anywhere from like uh, I don't know 8 to like Twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old girls. No,
3: those no, they're like fifteen or sixteen. I think all of them.
2: Look at their tits. Oh, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure.
3: Come the, on, the, man.
2: Like the girl with the um, walking think, disability. She was. Do you yeah. think, Fourteen. No, I think she was twelve. But the older girls were fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. Okay. So I said up to about fifteen. I don't uh, fourteen or something. Okay. It, it, okay. So a bunch of young girls. Um. <laughs> some younger than others i'm not good with ages honestly i i really am not um but so essentially there's one girl with a disability um she i guess what is it like polio or something i don't don't even know uh she uh you know is, is walking with like canes or crutches or something like that and essentially it's a haunted house flick you know what i mean and to me um one thing that automatically makes this film above average is the, the camera work. Uh, very, very good camera work. There's a lot of flowing shots that go up, over things, down. It, like, dude, the camera shots alone and the sound design make it above average, 100%. Um, the next thing that makes it above average to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm directly disputing Jeremy's argument that this is average in my review, uh, this film is scary. How uh, is it scary? It's one jump scare. Mean, after proven, a G no, honestly, proven a you wrong? Proven a you wrong? Honestly, or bro, there are not that many jump It is. Scares. The whole there movie is jump scares. Scared. Dude, your interpretation of what a jump scare is or a boo scare is wrong. You're it's, thinking that anytime there is a scare that it's automatically a boo scare. They're all boo scare. All boo scares. Scares. There's a lot of times where there is not no loud noise that jumps. That... And makes you jump. It's actually like a fucking evil face on the screen, or like something like that that just comes into this frame. Like that is not a boos scare. You know what that I mean? That only That's happens an once. Scare. That happens once in the movie that an evil face comes in the screen. Okay, what about what about the scares where uh, the, under, the, on, under the, the, pill? the the girl grows? Right? That that is not a boo scare. What about the? Um, but it's scare not scary girl? though. It's scary. It is scary. It is, isn't scary. Listen, Jeremy's the type of dude that'll sit there, cross his arms, and be like, "Scare me," you know what I mean? Like, you have to be in the mindset to where you want to f- feel that that level of fear, dude. Like, it's well, it's in, a fun. In, in
3: twenty in twenty five minutes, we'll talk about a film that scared me. Yeah, but this one okay, didn't scare me. me. This
2: film is actually more scary than the film you're talking. about. Oh, you're so gotcha. full of shit. Uh, this movie is, you know this movie has great scares in it. Not even, not even, I'm not even saying that it has like, um, like scares here and there. This has great (laughs) scares. It's a scary movie. There's one scene where uh, the, the Annabelle doll like just gets a demonic looking face and is like, I want your soul or some shit. And I was like, yo, fuck that. That scared me. You know what I mean? There's another scene there. It does a really, really good job of being suspenseful, up into the scare. You know that it's going to happen. You know that there's going to be a scary fucking face or or Annabelle's going to move or or there's going to be a demonic figure or something and you know that it's going to happen, yet waiting for it is the scare. That's where it's really scary. When you're waiting for that stuff to happen. And I think that this is one of the more you know scary films I've seen in a little while, dude. See, JP, when
3: you said like you don't know if it takes place in the 40s and 50s and the way that it disputed is at the end with the nun, it says 1952, so that means that this movie has to take prior take place prior to 1952.
2: Yeah, uh, no, because, it would because take the place nun after 1952. No, because
3: the nuns in the photo
2: during the yeah, boot. which means that it would be. Oh mm. yes, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Okay, so um, yeah. See, it cool it's starting to get into fucking like stupid. Headache chronological. It's not, though, dude. It's pretty simple. You're just dumb as fuck, is the problem. So it, it, it's a pretty simple continuity with the Conjuring films and the Nun films. I thought the reference to Nun was great. I thought that that was one of the coolest parts of the movie because it's like, you know, where, you know, what's coming next. I like that they're creating this little universe out of the Conjuring films. Uh, now, I think that, now, did you
3: notice both of the Nun references?
2: I mean, the one at the very end of the film. There's and another the, one. Uh, oh yeah
3: yeah yeah the um the the wheelchair there's one when she's looking at the picture Uh of the nuns in the monastery and she and i I forget what
2: care i think it was the 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 older yeah yeah, he says who's that yeah and she's like oh i didn't notice that person." yeah it's the nun (laughs) yeah that's the the, i love that one that's the best reference you really Uh, gotta
3: pay attention to it you know
2: oh yeah yeah for sure for sure um but i think that um, the setting to this film is really good Jeremy mentioned that he thought that the film was really boring up until a certain point but to me I think that all that character development was good you actually do feel bad for this little girl like she's she's uh, you know in she's uh, uh, I guess handicapped and she's you know there's these girls that are mean to her and stuff like that there's a really scary scene with um, the two girls under the blanket and that's they the hear the that's bell.
3: That's what I said. That's the only one where the face pops up on the screen.
2: Is that, that shit's scary? Me. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I I I honestly really like this movie, dude. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like it's not The Conjuring, um, but it is it is very entertaining to me. Uh, I have not seen the other Annabelle. I haven't, but I can't imagine that it was this good um, because <laughs> it this one sucked. Yeah, it's horrible. This one to me uh, is a highlight of the year for me. I Aww. really loved Annabelle creation. Uh, and will it make my top 10? I don't know. My top ten's kind of uh, heavy right now with films, but I'm coming in an eight out of 10 for Annabelle creation.
0: Solid watch. Five, two and eight. Wow. You guys are just worlds apart. Awesome. Jer- Jeremy. I can't wait to Jeremy watch it. Jeremy is
2: one of those annoying viewers that'll sit there and 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 be like one of those people that won't let themselves get into a movie and get kind oh, of. Oh, that's so out. bullshit! I got you're into like you know three. what three. You're like you cross your arms and you're like this ain't scary. This ain't <laughs> scary. You're scary. One of those dudes, you want a
0: man. You know what, man? I'm gonna fucking watch it tomorrow. I'm gonna okay. go to I'm gonna go to the cinema and watch it, and I mean I won't review it on here. Because I think you guys have covered that. Listen,
2: I <laughs> love, I absolutely love, I, I honestly love movies in today's time that literally the entire movie's intentions is to scare you. Because it is so much of a lost art. And it's one of the primary reasons I got into horror in the first place. Because I like to be scared and it's such a rarity that it even happens now and that's why I liked Annabelle 2 and that's why I'm looking forward to it because it looks like it's a film that's intentionally trying to scare you and it is a complete lost art especially on the indie level it's almost non-existent um hmm. so i'm gi- i give it credit for that for sure carly gave it a 7 out of 10 just for those
0: of you, I, who i have heard. i have a distinct feeling I might come in around a six. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Probably.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to go with any pre that I wasn't, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard not to right now, since I've listened I to both you guys awesome review this.
2: Creepy, honestly, they do scare me a little bit. Not in real life, you know? I don't find it practical, but I, I, the way that I watch these movies is I say, what if I fucking seen that? You know what I mean? And if I seen that, if that really happened in front of me, I would be fucking so scared. And that's how these films are effective to me. And that's why I found footage films that are scary, honestly, are effective for me. Yep.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Jeremy?
2: All right, JP.
3: Promise is a promise. <laughs> so last week I promised JP that I will watch this movie. And I did. From the year 2014, released in 2017. It's a film by the name of Bag Boy Lover Boy. So, what can I say about Bag Boy Lover Boy? Very particular movie. It's a, it's a different kind of a movie. If you guys are fans of films like Chocolate, Strawberry, Vanilla, and uh, Worm, and films like that, this film has a very similar kind of a, a feel to it. Uh, similar kind of premise with an out, offbeat character, loner in society. Um, but it's done in a different way. Kind of compared it to an Italian sleaze film a little bit, but that's probably a shitty comparison. But it kind of has that kind of feel yeah. towards <laughs> the middle of the film a little bit. So we follow Mr. Albert. Albert, like I said, is an offbeat weird character. You could tell his IQ is in the highest He's just floating around in society, just getting by. He works in a hot dog stand, and he is approached one night by a heavyset gentleman, clearly maybe a little by, named Ivan. And Ivan is a photographer, who is a dude who takes fetish photography, and he approaches Albert to come to his studio to participate in some of this uh, photography because albert just has that look i don't get it but he ultimately pretty much brainwashes albert in a in a different kind of a way to you know kind of tell albert that he should become a photographer or albert believes he should become a photographer and he follows uh certain traits that ivan does in his photography and it totally gets out of control near the end of the film and that's basically your plot Uh, this movie is once again it's it's a kind of a movie where the main character has to do a really really great job to pull a movie off like this just like chocolate strawberry vanilla that guy did a really great job uh this guy does a really fantastic job as well he's really good he has that weird look he has that weird speech the way he talks um and i just thought he did a really really fantastic job um, and you know, it's, it's an interesting movie, you know, I think it's one that you probably will have to watch again in a little while to maybe fully grasp some of the undertones that are going, you know, that are happening in the film, uh, about society once again and things like that. But in my initial viewing, I really, really did enjoy the movie. It's very weird, very quirky. I love character pieces. It's, it's some of my favorite films to watch. And the movie is not low budget whatsoever. I mean, it clearly doesn't have that big of a budget, but it's very polished. looks really great. Cinematography is really good. Everything does not scream low budget whatsoever. So I have to give him that. You know, the movie, it looks like a movie. So um, if you guys get a chance, check out Bag Boy Lover Boy if you like character pieces. I think you'd enjoy it. Uh, It's a little short. It's only 78 minutes long. It uh, probably could have been fleshed out a little bit more. I think that's
0: one of the no um, I, I, positives about it. Yeah. I disagree. Yeah, it's short. I disagree. Yeah, disagree with what? That it could have been fleshed out longer. I think the running time was that. perfect. Yeah, yeah, me too.
3: But uh, if you guys get a chance, check it out. Another great release from Severin. <clears throat> I love that they're releasing some of these independent films. Did this one? They did feed the light. So. You guys get a chance to check it out. Give it a shot. I come in <laughs> at an eight out of ten with that one.
0: Man, I yeah, was—I almost lost my shit, man. The part when when he first starts directing that one girl, and he's yeah, treating her like how he was being treated by the it's, other photographer. It's, it's just—it's
3: just such an uncomfortable. Every time that Ivan is taking for photo- uh, photographs of Albert, it's so uncomfortable. I don't know why, but I was sitting there. And I was—it's it's just because a, Albert a very is like, uncomfortable moment because he's such an awkward person.
2: He's such an awkward cast, character. But that's
0: why he was. That's just, why his character in the film is picked up because he's so awkward looking, right? He was perfect for those type of fetish screen, film. You know? Yeah.
2: I I, I it like a uh, cross between like May and like Napoleon Dynamite or something. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really good flick. Um, I came in and I actually came in at eight two, but I actually raised my rating. Uh, To 8.5 after thinking about it because the movie kept staying with me. I kept thinking about it for a few days, and and usually when that happens, I come up another half point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. That is. I absolutely love character driven pieces like that that are awkward to the point where you just have like this kind of smiling grin on your face the whole time. (laughs) Like, you don't really. I mean, like, you, you literally feel almost you feel almost you know like when you when someone does something embarrassing to the point where you actually feel embarrassed that's yeah, how i get that feeling yeah. i get that feeling when i'm watching the film i almost feel for him i'm just like damn yeah. but it's his acting that really sells it man it's it, like JP mm-hmm. says he's cast perfect he has that really awkward he's just he's not only awkward looking he talks awkward you know he did everything about him mm-hmm. to screams awkwardness that the acting that, sells this whole story so well he's fucking shit with the
3: burgers him. man it was just making me laugh and fucking shit with the burgers because you know what, what was burgers. going on. Yeah. When he ma- with the burgers, dude. When he was selling burgers at the end of the movie. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, It's
0: been like a
2: month since I watched no, this because yes, I've my screeners so on
0: time. That could have been like a whole movie by itself, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean that that's the sequel right there. That's the sequel. Um, <laughs> yeah, what, I mean, what a great I companion that, piece though. What a great I, com- I think
2: that yeah. one of the coolest things every year. Um, and what keeps me going as a horror fan is when I find little movies like this, like I love them. Like they, they stick with me. They're just so fun. You know, they, they show you the creativity is still very much
0: alive in filmmaking. And, uh, I, I look forward to these type of movies every year. Yeah. It's a great companion piece with chocolate, uh, chocolate, strawberry, vanilla. I mean, like like you said man it's one of my favorite films the last few years i absolutely love that piece i love slow driven character pieces that are awkward and this would be a great double. did that make
2: your top 10 last year strawberry chocolate vanilla it's a few years old
0: uh it was in 2014 i believe or 15 something like that didn't make it then either i don't think i think it was one of those films i saw in between okay i think that was kind of the yeah because it well, didn't get I released mean, over here until after but i got in I i don't know it was like it was one of those weird independent or uh in between releases that missed the cut kind of like fucking how, how is
2: you know while we're on the topic really quickly how is your 2017 lists taking shape
0: uh you- i actually watched a couple films last night from 2017 um, neither of them I'm going to review <laughs> uh, but I did watch The Transfiguration um,
2: oh yeah that's on Netflix right now
0: yeah I recommend it really really good I didn't realize it was set in a fucking ghetto oh
2: you know, that's the, awesome the, the, the lead, I'm gonna check it out soon. the lead
0: character is a black he's like a younger he's like 16 kind of adolescent type thing and basically in a nutshell this one is kind of like the hood version of Martin without mm-hmm. saying anything else. Um I really really fucking enjoyed it. It's got a lot of great subtext to it, man. The ending's fucking awesome. Really good shit. And I also watched The Ice Cream Truck. Uh That's a strange one. It's, <laughs> sp- it's definitely def- it's, def- it's not it's not going to be for everybody, especially the reveal at the end. I think is really not going to sell the film to a lot of people. I think that's going to kill it for a lot of people. It didn't bug me as much as I at, like the initial reveal. I was like, "Oh, fucking kid i did, had one of those moments and then i kind of thought back on i was like yeah it was, it was okay <laughs> so how many have you seen i am up to 46 all right what about you jeremy i think i'm up to like 35
2: ish yeah i think i'm between 30 and 40 somewhere around there but uh, i'll be honest man i have like right now i could roll with the top 10 that i would be
0: pretty cool with is bag uh, boy counting for this year
2: yes it is because it had a festival release in 2015 I think and it didn't have like a media release or a a VOD until this year okay well I guess I should write that one in because yeah I watched that too so yeah so um, yeah I mean I'm, I'm pretty happy with the films that I have so
0: far what did you give that one Jeremy 8 out of 10 yep what did you rate it, GP? Um, Do you remember? 8.5, Bag Boy. I think that's what I... Eight, yeah, that's about where I am, too. 8.5. Eight, eight I know I re- right. wrote it down somewhere, but... Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah, there's still there's still quite a few films I need to see from this year. Like, I haven't seen... Fucking... I don't know what it is, some of the bigger ones. Uh, Cure for Wellness? Is that where... Jeremy, I know you watched it. You said it was boring as shit. Yeah. No, it's not boring. It's just long. It's like almost it's like two hours and forty minutes or something. Or was it Life? Was that the one you said it was boring? Life, yeah. That's the one over okay. here. I, I hated that movie. I think I've caught up on a lot of the big heavy hitters, so I'm not doing two G bad right now, but righty so getting into my Italian stallion of the week. <laughs> the week of the show. Uh, this is coming from 1970, directed by Massimano Dalamano, and we are actually going to be covering this awesome director during uh, the next Italian month, and this is one of the films that we are not doing. Dallamano actually doesn't have that big of a filmography, oddly enough. He only directed films for like about a decade, which is kind of a shame considering how many good ones he really did have. Not really... 100% familiar with his story and why he stopped directing because he died like 30 years later <laughs> or some shit, I don't know um, but uh, but this one is called uh, The Secret of Dorian Gray uh, if you guys are familiar with the Dorian Gray story uh, the it's based on a book um, Oscar Wilde's famous novel, probably one of the most famous books around this, this the book has been adapted into films like I, I it's uncountable, I think the first one might have been in the 40s uh, this is one of the ones from the 70s quite a few from the 70s actually and I know was, there's one as recent as 2009 which I believe is even on Netflix as we speak so never seen uh, that one I've seen a couple other adaptations that are titled differently but but yeah I was really curious to check this one out because it's coming from Italy generally you're going to get some fucking sleaze in there uh, if you're not familiar with the story basically the story is um, about a a young uh, really really good looking guy in this case played by uh, Played by Helmut Berger, uh, who, of course, plays Dorian Gray. Um, he's kind of a rich little pretentious asshole that inherited a shitload of money from his family. And he lives that life. You know, he's you know, he's just a rich asshole. Um, so basically, well, at first he's not so much of a rich asshole. He's just kind of a little bit pretentious. But uh, Which leads me into the fact that he's basically getting a portrait painted of himself. And, you know, when we first get introduced to his character, he's kind of like... You know he's rolling with these rich folks, and he kind of has a little bit of attitude and stuff. And once his picture is done, his whole attitude changes. He gets a look at this picture, and someone mentions the fact that you know you're a young, beautiful man, and uh, you know as time goes on, you're going to age, and you know basically all you have in this life to get ahead is your your youth, your beauty, and stuff. And he kind of takes that to heart. So when he looks at this picture, he continues to say he's like, well, as you're growing old, what's going to happen is that picture is going to stay beautiful and young. And it really gets to him. It really gets to him. And so what he does, he kind of sells his soul to the devil a little bit to maintain his youth. And uh, from that moment on, he, uh, he, he has this girlfriend. And he basically just fucking smacks her in the face, kicks her out and shit. And just goes on like a sexual downfall. And his whole character just goes into the depths of the darkest areas and stuff like that. And as this happens, the picture starts to age right but he stays young and you know loyal to his youth and, th- and things like that so that is you know the setup to the film um my thoughts on this film first off i have to say the casting in this film is absolutely 100% perfect they couldn't have cast a better person than Helmut Berger for this role uh not in a gay way or anything but he's he's a very beautiful male like he is elegantly casted for this role like you couldn't pick someone better he's got that luscious blonde hair great body everything <laughs> Um, but it's it's but it's but perfect casting for this film. And I think he does a really good job. You know, I mean, I think, you know, up to this point in his career, he hadn't had a whole lot of, like, main leading roles and things like that. But this one, he kind of knocked it out of the park. He plays a great character in this one. Um, so essentially what this piece is, it's just a character study of Dorian Gray and his downfall into the depths of essentially selling your soul. And, you know, you'll go to these great lengths to do whatever it's. He's just at a moral loss, you know, he just doesn't give a shit. He's willing to break anybody at any time without feeling a little bit of remorse about anything he does in his life. And we follow this character throughout the film, and it's it's quite edgy and stuff. I really like Dalamano's direction in this film. <laughs> I really like Dalamano's direction in this film because he stayed, he stayed really true to the source material, but he made it his own film, which was really damn cool. Um, you know, of course, being an Italian film, it's going to have its sleaze and stuff. And I had always heard going into this film that it was kind of pornographic. And that's not really the case. Honestly, man, a lot of the sex scenes that are in this film are kind of elegant and they're really well done. You, you're not seeing like open vagina like you do in fucking other Italian films and shit. It's not like that, you know, hardcore anything. Like bad boy. Yeah, you know, you're not seeing that type of shit. Actually, the sex scenes are pretty modest. They're pretty modest. You know, they're pretty subtle and stuff. And I was like, okay, there's quite a bit of them because, I mean, the film is very sexually... um orientated that's just what it is and the thing about dorian gray i'm not sure in the source material i'm sure it is in the source material but he actually is a bisexual man and there is a couple odd scenes in this film that are beautifully shot there's this one scene where basically just looks at this black dude they go into the bathroom and they're taking a leak next to each other in the journals and they're just staring at each other i'm just like oh my god it's like the most awkward fucking scene you ever saw but um but yeah no it's just it's really really well shot like i mean. If you guys are familiar with uh, Dalamanos' work and his jowls and shit, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is a, the, this film actually came before Solange and you know daughters and things like that. So I was quite shocked to see how well this film was constructed. I think it's a little bit too long for its own good, though. I don't know. This one ran roughly about 100 minutes, I believe, or something like that. But there was parts in it that felt really talky. I felt like it could have been chopped down a little bit. But it's an interesting take on it. I mean, I would like to see more. Adaptations of the Dorian Gray story, but this is a good one. I mean, especially if you love Italian cinema, you know what you're getting with this one. It's really well, like I said, really well shot, which is surprising. Um, I mean, not surprising, but, you know, for Dalamano, I mean, it's not really that surprising, but uh, yeah, it's an elegant film. I really enjoyed it. The ending's pretty cool too. It's got a really dope ending. I, I really enjoyed it. So um, I'm going to come in at about eight, uh, eight out of 10 on this one. Burger sells this film big time. They couldn't have casted it any better awesome stuff so give it a shot man give it a shot cool, <laughs> so I'm done cool. I, I know no one's ever listening to him I'm fucking yeah
3: you said the guy was gay I played fag from Bill and Ted and it Looking didn't break my, my concentration
0: it didn't even break my concentration it actually
2: sounded like Jeremy <laughs> like that actually sounded like him
0: <laughs> yeah that was his song right there yeah. Featured. I really like the way they did those scenes though, because it's it's really subtle too. Like if you were just half paying attention to you know exactly what he was doing, like they don't show physical contact male on male, but it's definitely it's definitely there, you know. But uh yeah, pretty cool stuff, but yeah. Alright. Moving into the featured double feature for tonight's episode here on featured episode one hundred and eleven. We are going to take this to north of the border for you guys, right to my stomping grounds, right to my stomping grounds from Vancouver, right to uh, from 2011 Grave Encounters. So, Jeremy, why don't you enlighten us on your love for this film? Well, first, let's do synopsis. Okay, I guess we can do that little bit of a short synopsis here. Uh, for their ghost hunting reality show, a production crew locks themselves inside an abandoned mental hospital uh, that's supposedly haunted. And it might prove to be all true. Yeah. So when did you first see this, Jeremy?
3: First saw this, came out in 2011. Sitting in my room. fucking like 11 o'clock at night. All the lights are off. This movie literally scared the living fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. It was. It's so much. The one film that scared the shit out of me just as much as the Strangers did, but five years, six years earlier, like, like you say, like I watch movies and I don't get scared. I drop I, I my arms and I sit want there. To be. But it's like. like- this movie like sad that, that you could be scared though that's you not know? true because
2: you saw it when you were a kid though too you know what I but mean but it still so did that a, to me when I watched
0: it a few I'm days not a ago he's insinuating yeah. that you're too well, big of a pussy to get scared
2: well yeah Jeremy I'm saying but like you've seen it at a time where you were not critiquing films and not like you were you were a younger kid you know what I mean and, you were watching it with less of a critical of eye of course now watching it you're gonna still get those feelings that you had back then because it worked on you back then um my okay so do you like the blair witch project
3: it was on my top it was my number two
2: most overrated movie ever okay Doesn't- but do you like it
3: yeah i like it
2: i mean do you do you lo- like what would you rate it if you were i don't gonna-
3: love it like you do because i don't have that nostalgic uh-huh. feeling towards it but it's a nine out of ten it's on the top ten because okay. fucking-
2: this movie is so similar in terms of like scares as like The original Blair Witch. In my opinion, like Mm -hmm. if the the things that scare you in this movie would also scare you in Blair Witch, I feel. Mm. See, I didn't get that in Blair Witch.
3: I don't know. I just think that the 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 setting of abandoned mental hospital just adds something to the feel of the film than the woods does. I don't know. I I don't know if it was just. The, 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 uh, the creepiness of the hallways and things like that I mean the setting is so fucking great in this movie it's so good I just don't know if it if the open space of the woods even though it's like a maze the open space of the woods had the Ooh. same claustrophobic feeling to me than uh, a mental hospital that can't uh, find the exit see,
0: I, I never really put I never compared the two at all but you know if you want to compare the settings um, of the you know, the woods in this abandoned hospital, you know, it's still that confinement, either way you look, it's that isolation, that confinement, that sc- to me, they're comparable, man. I think they're both scary in their own ways. I don't know. Um, I just don't let the bathtub, you
3: know. the bathtub scenes fucking still made me jump. Cause I forgot about that scene. Yeah. And it still so, made me fucking so the, jump. <laughs>
0: speaking, actually, speaking of the, uh, the setting in this film, um, shot in, uh, Riverview hospital, um, which is actually right off the Lowheed Highway in Vancouver, you guys would know that, but I have actually Drove by this place a thousand times, I know exactly Where it is, it's actually only a couple of minutes From my auntie and uncle's place, which is pretty Cool, this place shut down a few years ago Though, I believe What's uh, it called? It's Riverview Hospital And it's fucking. This place is like a monstrosity. It's huge. (laughs) It's so fucking big, dude. Like it's insane. Um, I do know that it's it's been used in lots of films and TV and things like that. I know the X Files film there. Um, It's probably going to become more common considering I think it's abandoned now, kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So or it's been shut down. So um, as far as I know, there's probably nothing in there. I don't really know, but uh, yeah, it's a cool, cool ass place, though, man. Really, really fucking cool
3: nothing scares me more than mental hospitals i don't really? know something about them
0: like just gives me the willies is it is it the fact that it's a hospital
3: yeah it's i just, guess just that hospital but it's just like it's just like most of the time they're i mean normal hospitals are cold too but they just have that cold depressing mm. look to them like see
2: i get that vibe from the woods cold and depressing cra- like
3: there's some crazy shit going <laughs> yeah. on in there like yeah. This is where all the crazy people go and like mm-hmm. they're usually See, not treated the best.
2: So, you know, I believe in ghosts, so I believe like And and that is really what's cool about things that scare us is it is unique to the person. Like to me, I've never once been afraid of hospitals or like mental hospitals or anything. Um, I am scared of noises in the woods like if you've ever been camping like deep in the woods or something you hear some shit late at night and it's only you and one other person that shit is terrifying you know what I mean so I, I, I come from a different camp in terms of like what scares me but I will say that this movie is scary
0: yeah it's dark and I thought it was executed really really well man it doesn't have that just it doesn't have those cheap scares and things um I, I mean i, I mean it I'll, ha- but i'll talk it, to a be li- fair though
2: it has like similar scares to annabelle like and that's why i didn't understand why you're saying that they're all boo scares in annabelle when this film has like similar scares
0: is it a company w- really does annabelle really have those elderly, scares like, where you know the the score you know thumps in it's got that huge kind of kick drum and you know the score just goes overpowering um, in your mind and stuff. So, because this film there, didn't really a- have that
2: well i don't know like okay like the one where the girls like face turns like isn't there a loud noise with that
0: i mean there could be i mean it's there's not yeah like i'm almost abundance. certain there's there's a not like a full abundance, abundance to it man the but score that, that's is pretty kind of
2: more film. so how annabelle's are and there's some legitimately hmm. not loud noises at all with them too there are a couple yeah. that there is a loud noise with it but it's like the, like for example like annabelle like it's a loud there might be a little bit of score to it but it's a voice too it's like yeah. a loud like like ah, i want your soul or something you know what i mean like it <laughs> is is fucking terrifying to me but this film um i think that honestly like the one thing that i really liked about it was um the the use of camera you know what i mean found footage to me I've went from oh yeah I like found footage when they're done right to a full fledged found footage fan. I love found footage films. They get under my skin and scare me more than most type of movies. Uh, The ones that are done good are just so. It's the real.
0: You're so engaged in it. It's the realism of found footage films, right? If I mean, if you put yourself in this place, like that's why the Blair Witch works so good because it it seems it's very realistic in itself.
3: Well, and like with this film, like there's no jump scares for a while once they're in the hospital. So I think in the back of your mind, you're kind of like expecting something to happen when they're walking down the halls and the pitch black. And they're like, yeah, just, just walking around and nothing's really happening. Well, and they turn and they turn a corner and they look in the doorway and it's just an empty room. And they just turn the camera back around. And well, they just I mean, the first, that too, though.
2: the first yeah. scare period involves just the door, you know yeah. what I mean? it's yeah. just a door that closes yeah, they foreshadow um, that
0: too because like the caretaker even says he's like well you think it's dark in here right now wait till later kind of thing right <laughs> so yeah you're like okay yeah the, the
2: one the biggest complaint that i have with this movie is i find that some of the acting is a bit bad honestly like um the black guy in particular uh oh, like okay. tc or whatever his name is it's I actually like, like i didn't like the back i didn't like the points. medium he's he li-
0: overacting he loses points for me man on the, and his character is like i understand like if you're trapped in a situation and, uh, mm. or if you're in the situation everything's locked up and all of a sudden the the hospital s- starts kind of changing on you and shit yeah you're probably gonna start freaking out a little bit but this dude is like completely his way of, of
2: freaking out just didn't match with no it would
0: but freak out it be. was ridiculous like he wasn't even trying there was no period of being calm he went from you know being this character to like just full fledged, just freaking out. The whole there was no oh there was God, no medium dude, ground. Was his
2: F word super annoying? Oh, dude, he said fucking after every fucking word, and it was annoying. He sounded like Jeremy times. Dude, gutter
3: balls. They same thing
2: as gutter balls. Gutter balls is a completely not serious movie, I know, but that's I know, the I know.
0: difference in it. This guy is completely overacting, dropping F bombs every two seconds, but there's like no medium there. He just went to like 100 percent just uh-huh. until he fucking gets taken out in that. Uh, in the uh, bathtub you know kind of thing but yeah dude that that was definitely losing it for me a little bit i was like oh my god over the top annoyance him
3: him in the him in the medium man i didn't like the
2: medium character either he just annoyed me he's a pretty shitty actor too it's been a while since i've watched like a scary found footage film Mm -hmm. like like one that's actually like serious you know and 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 things like that and it made me these movies really made me want to revisit some found footage films like it's funny that dave's in a a bad way though what
3: in a bad way they make you want to
2: revisit no i think in a good way i just said in a good way yeah I i
3: just didn't want to i just i was just thinking
2: like oh you're thinking like
3: oh i want to watch some good found footage films. no no no
2: no 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 i i liked I like these movies, but what, like I'm talking about like paranormal activity, like atrocious, um, Fun. uh, the tunnel, dude. the tunnel, like different, different scary movies that I like, cause this movie reminds me a lot. Like these movies, I think Paranormal Activity has a very similar vibe with this one too because it, Paranormal Activity starts out so slow where it's just like something moves you know what I mean and it's fucking he's, if you're into the movie he's trying to convince us it's good Jeremy no you guys will dude if you like this movie I don't see how you can't like Paranormal. I saw Paranormal Activity back when I was 14
3: years old Yeah. I may look at it different I haven't seen it since then so you know maybe I'll have a different opinion about it I didn't like it
2: Man, I really like the setup to this, man.
0: See you not
2: you guys not liking it if you like these type of movies.
0: I'm not even a big fan of like, you know, reality shows and things like that, but this whole reality uh-huh. show type I guess in a way it is kind of you know ghost hunting. It's you know it's very you know what's funny is
2: in my head I knew that was what these movies were about, Mm -hmm. and in my head I just always I felt like it's cliche because I've seen it done so many times. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it was done before this, after this, if but no matter what, this one does it well. Whether it's been done before or not, like so, I actually really like the setup, even though I thought it was going to be lame and cliche
0: yeah I mean it, it's the way they set it up though I, I like how they're going around and they're interviewing everyone that's around the abandoned hospital and stuff and then they come to the garden or to the care, or not the gardener the gardener whatever caretaker and he's like he's like so um have you seen any ghosts he's like no
1: <laughs> so
3: yeah. they
0: just stop rolling they're like they pay well, that was my second one that's in the second one bro
3: I'm oh, like, no, no. Do you have any piece? Do you have any petty cash still?
0: Yeah, I know. What the fuck? To, fuck yeah, you that's talking in the about. first one. It's in the first one. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And and then it's, I just like the tone switch because at first, like, you kind of you're kind of on board with the lead character. here, The host of the show that he's he's really into this, but you can tell he's a little bit cynical and he's he's not like 100 percent. Like, I don't know, man, there's just something about his characters coming off like kind of well series. he's
2: kind of bullshitting it too like he's he playing it up but then i love when they actually it either, show you know. it straight
0: up that he's like okay hey, you need to say that you saw a ghost and he's like,
3: <laughs> he's like yeah i saw, I a, saw ghost a ghost through
0: that window i saw a ghost over there and he's like oh this might be one of the biggest hot spots ever <laughs> yeah it's,
2: it's like i i
0: love that i love that it, because it because it's like the total those shows were such bullshit and people just yeah. love them. they were poking fun at it big time and it worked it was a great yeah. tonal switch because at first you're not 100% sure if these guys are fully on board with what they're doing, but then that yeah. moment you get that relief right there and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, now there's a little bit of comedy in here, but it's not like meant to be like, you know, hilarity. It's just they're poking yeah. fun at the whole reality. Ghost these movies thing. are yeah. so
2: effective for me because yeah. I am very cynical when it comes to ghosts. I am very uh, non-believer when it comes to ghosts. Yeah. And I always think, like, okay, what if... Because that's something that I would do. I would go into a ban- abandoned no hospital and not be afraid. But <laughs> oh, then no I'm like, way. well, what would happen if I, you know, went there because of my beliefs, and then it turned out that all this shit started happening. Like, how much I would regret not believing, how scary it would be. Like, to me, I could put myself in this situation so much that it, it just freaks me out,
3: no you know? fucking
2: mm-hmm. way couldn't pay me legit you couldn't pay me like to me the scene where the chick like her mouth goes all like black and blurry and like wide it's not really scary to me no it's poor cg uh, man it's It's like i know that that i've seen that face
3: in places before but Mm -hmm. it's not that moment that trying to i don't think it was that moment that creeped me out i think it's just like the dark hallways and mm. the silent, the silentness, not much of a score, not much of a sound design. It's just, just the characters talking and, and darkness. Can't see what's in front of you. You don't know what's going <laughs> to see in front of you. Yeah. Every once it's in a very while, tense like, when
2: they're slowly, like especially the end of the movie, when he's slowly... Like, into the basement and shit, and he's, like, slowly moving, and then you, like, see people. Like,
0: it's just, like, that slow build is is the fear to me. See, I give a, I give the filmmakers a lot of credit, the the Vicious Brothers. I give them a lot of credit for uh th- not using a lot of score. Because a lot of times when you're watching these type of films, they'll overscore. Found
2: it. footage should not have that much score and really all. It really shouldn't.
0: It really shouldn't. That's what makes it more effective. Because if you can uh-huh. make a calm... Quiet film with natural scares, then you're doing a good job. If you need those kick drums, you need that loud explosion of a score to fucking you know work something out with your audience. It's cheapening the film, and in Mm. this case, it didn't do that. And I thought it was really, really damn effective. You know, the setup along with you know the setting and the darkness of it, and just how they approached this film was perfect. You know, they didn't they didn't try to go too big. They just kind of let it flow. And, you know, one of my biggest complaints with found footage films that I've always had with watching these films from over the years is this, the the simple fact that there's always mistakes within a film, Yeah. you know, with, with camera work. You know, you ever, every once in a while you're watching a found footage film and, and then you have this epiphany and you go, who the fuck is holding the camera right now? There's always uh-huh. that moment you're like, why is this being filmed? But in this one, they set it up. They, they actually they specifically show you where they're putting all these cameras in all these rooms and things like that and i was Mm -hmm. watching for things like this and i think they did a pretty good job with handling how the footage was edited within the content of the film and i thought it was really fucking well done and i Mm -hmm. respect that because they took the time you know to actually do that and you know i mean there's so many films
3: and then like it connects with the second film yeah yeah. finishing the film you know
0: so
2: um i I like that in this film they obviously have a reason to be filming um and that's usually a big problem with found footage hey drop the camera don't worry about filming but they have lights on them and they have no other lights so it makes sense that they're actually using them plus they have infrared um as well which they can look through and see
0: their way around so um do you guys (laughs) have much more on this one you want to get into ratings um, I, I just one of, one of my favorite moments in the film actually is towards the end. I don't, but <laughs> when there's two characters that are sitting on the ground and this kind of fog kind of rolls in.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, good moment, dude. Yeah. That was a
0: great moment. I was like, oh, what, that's one so of my cool, favorite man. ones
2: is the light tipping over when they're all sleeping,
0: dude. Yeah, that, no. that, that
2: I also I really love this setup of the you know it's it's three it, like the time says it's like 8 p.m like the next day and they're like i'm a huge fan of fucking with time in yep. movies because it makes it it just freaks me out the,
0: that that you know, concept i i really enjoyed how they did that too because they even make a point of saying he's like yeah it says it's 1 30 on my watch but i'm like i'm pretty convinced it's not so it's yeah. like time is just like not even a factor anymore right yeah. but if you notice yeah. towards i would say maybe the midpoint to maybe the start of the third act in the film the uh the time card, the time stamp in the cameras is all fucked up because mm-hmm. it's it's all fucked up because like the ghost, like the the apparitions is it's it's just going crazy, right? Yeah. They're offending it so I much, like but they show like, that it's subtle. But it's nice; it's a nice subtlety to see that. I, I like cool.
2: when he says that TC went to get a sandwich and it's just like all oh, this moldy food. It looks like it's been there for oh, like dude. weeks because it's creepy to me because it's like oh wow, so they've been gone really
0: long. I know it, ext- <laughs> it extends like. Your dis- like not your disbelief, but it just it makes you wonder. You're like, how fucking long have they been in this place, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I know that's really cool. And it's subtle, too. It's like, oh, fuck, that's scary. Because they don't All have right, any um, place, So, so
2: uh, go ahead and let's get into ratings. All right. Uh, I went first. Or, uh, wait, never no, mind. I went first in what we watched. Uh, Jeremy, rating
3: Grave Encounters from the year 2011. So I've always said since the beginning of the show, this is my favorite film footage film. I love this movie. It scared the shit out of me back in the day. Still found it really, really creepy. It goes up there with the tunnel. The Blair Witch has been some of the best. You know, Atrocious is good too. But nothing has the same kind of atmosphere as this movie does. Um, it's just such a really fantastic movie. I, I love this movie. Sure, the acting is poor in some parts. Uh, but it's not worse than anything in Saw 2. So... I am gonna come in at a
2: Ooh. nine out of ten. nine uh-huh. out of ten. Holy shit, that's very high for you. Uh, yeah. so <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, that's woof. yeah. um, so I really like this movie. Um, I just had uh, minor complaints with the characters they they got a little bit annoying. Uh, I also have a similar problem in both of these films um. And it's it has to do with whenever the reason Blair Witch works is because they're being haunted and then they get away and they're good for the night uh, and those slowly get stronger and stronger but it's it doesn't have to do with them uh you know it, it, they're still escaping it at night like when they're in this hospital and they keep escaping these these things. It almost seems like, okay, well, what, why not? Why does it not just kill them now? Like, I, I always have that issue with these type of movies. Because
3: they're fucking with them. Why? Because it's a mental hospital. People go crazy in mental hospitals. I mean, you so can not at them. bro. What's the point of killing them? I think well, why, why do they kill them at all, then? I mean, do they kill them? Yeah. <laughs> who, do you, who, do you, who do you see die besides the guy who gets strangled? The medium guy
2: okay well anyway um exactly i I like this well i'm not i'm trying not to spoil things dude i'm just saying nobody else died (laughs) you never see anybody else dead so where are they who maybe they're somewhere in the hospital (laughs) if you don't have any evidence that they didn't die then uh yeah so uh yeah how
3: did the main character not die
2: Oh, stop with the spo- Like, you're very I'm, bad at
0: spoiling. I'm well, just saying. that is also, I mean, his character's in the next film. <laughs> okay, but
2: wait till we get there so we can say, like, spoiler alert and stuff. Like, I hate when you do that, dude. He's on the back fucking cover of the DVD, bro. Who cares, dude? I didn't look at the back cover of the DVD. Oh, I actually what? didn't know that going into the sequel. You know what I mean? So, anyway, uh, I, I like this film a lot. It's very solid. Uh, I'm coming in at a 7.5 out of 10.
0: Yeah, man. This is a good one. Uh, got some really definitive scares in this one. It's it's a really dark, atmospheric, well-scripted and, and directed film, man. I don't really have a lot of problems with it. Getting back to my minor nitpicking, I just wanted to say one thing. I, this is one thing that always has plagued me with uh, watching found footage films. Uh, you know, the whole camera thing. That's, that's one thing. But another thing is transitions in found footage films that really get on my fucking nerves is when there's no need to pixelate the transition because... Oh,
2: dude, I'm so glad you brought that up. I forgot to mention that. I fucking absolutely can't stand when they fucking pixelate for no reason it well,
0: doesn't make sense this is the thing i've seen this in found footage films before and there's been reason for it it's been done good in some other films that i've seen where a character will be grab or holding a camera in the fall or trip or whatever and then hit the ground and it'll pixelate blah 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 a little that, bit that that's okay to, because if you're going to damage your camera something might actually happen i mean it's explainable yeah. but if you're just going to pixelate every time you're transitioning it kind of cheapens the feel of it but if there's no reason to do it, then why are you fucking doing it? I understand it's for yeah. It's effect. like
2: characters are literally running and
0: it starts pixelating. I'm I know. like, what the fuck? I know, dude. It's like it's just overused. I understand it's an effect overuse, but it's it, it actually happens so often in this film. It was start, starting to get on my nerves a little bit. I was like, fucking hell, man! It's always happens in these films. So I mean, it's kind of a, it's more or less a cliche in the, in these type of films. It just fucking always you just kind of expect it, but. Uh, something that always bugged me, but more or less this film is really good. It's actually really, really good. I am going to come in an 8 out of 10 on this one. Really enjoyed it. Nice. Really good. Nice.
1: So,
0: so next up. So, yeah. Have. Jumping into One Year Later, they... Managed to make the sequel this the year. I didn't even realize that until today. I was like, really? They made the sequel a year later? <laughs> yeah, that's
3: why they had to hire Cool Duter to be in it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So in 2012, Grave, Grave Encounters came out. This one was not directed by the Vicious Brothers. Uh, it's actually directed by John Poliquin. He's actually from Vancouver, so he's a local native of Vancouver. So I, I thought that was kind of cool, but it is written. Did I say that? Written by the Vicious Brothers. Um, Yeah, so quick little synopsis on this one. A film student who is obsessed with the movie Grave Encounters sets out with his friends to visit the psychiatric hospital depicted in the original film. Um, Still meta, this movie. It's kind of crazy. It really is. It is very, very meta. It opens up with
2: awesome, awesome, awesome nostalgic times, man, Mm -hmm. where, like, even the video quality of them, like, It just was such a different time on YouTube, just going back, you know, uh, five years ago or so. I started in 2012 on YouTube. So um, it's really, really like that was like the heyday for me. Seeing the dude say, Oh, I got a video response was so cool to me. Like, I love, love, love the beginning of this movie so much because it it, it is so smart in, in taking this concept of. A niche sort of community that only a few people know about, and really exploiting it uh, in the beginning of this movie, and and sort of um, using it as a tool to to progress not only a story, uh, but you know, it's 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 saying that they're aware of that. The people that do these reviews actually do help the genre and can help a film uh, be successful. Mm -hmm. I love that little nod there and with
3: that I just love I love how they have people who say like oh this movie sucks
0: and that too (laughs) I love 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 that but they do it throughout the film you know not only Jeremy you you said this film is very meta but it's it's almost uh, it's almost a satire at times too they they literally make fun of even the effects in the first film that we pointed out you know the cheesiness of the like if you're gonna make a sequel like you know fucking use you know proper effects you know no CG and And I just I get a kick out of shit like that man it's kind of fun it's yeah, it's not overly done they but. poke fun at the movie.
2: They also uh you know, w- when it comes to like the way that the reviews are done. Now I don't know if these were actually pulled from YouTube with permission or these were filmed for um, the movie. I think they were I'm pretty sure they're pulled.
0: These are Which definitely is pulled. Even
2: more, yeah. Well obviously besides the main character's review. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure.
0: But it's gonna put the very first voice in this film you hear or oh, NC <laughs> is cool, dude. <laughs>
3: I but it's so classic right automatically five is, points negative no dude, down five come points. on be serious like that is
2: a very significant member of the youtube community yeah, No matter, how you
3: look at it i agree i told you that dude you fucking made fun of me moods makes fun of me
2: in my video where i go yeah cool Duder talked about this movie yeah like and moods goes oh well, we ha- make fun of ha- you ha- because you talk so much shit on cool dudeer, dude well you said cool
0: a dude for one thing because
2: he's different <laughs> he's different now than he was back then you know Jeremy was just a fanboy who, whose favorite guy grew up to be an asshole or something. But I love the opening to this film. I think that it's one of the coolest, most unique things that I've seen in a while. I actually had no idea that this was doing that. This film was doing that, and it literally tells this story based on this little situation. Yeah, yeah. I fucking loved it, dude. Like it, it was so cool to me.
0: I do. I do really like the setup here. Our uh, main character. What's his? What's his name? I'm so fat with names. Uh, Alex. Um, he's you know he's writing a thesis on basically grave encounters, and yep. he's trying to prove the fact that uh, the first film <laughs> grave encounters is actually not real, yeah, or that he's trying to prove that it's real. And you know he gets this bright idea. The only way to kind of do that is to go there, and you know kind of essentially make a film out of it or finish the film or kind of thing. Right. So I I really like the setup to this one. It's, it's actually kind of cool.
2: Well, well, it's actually, it's 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 really neat how it's done because they, they, they don't, that's not his intentions right away. Like his intentions are really just like he reviewed this sucky film. He's in film school, making his own film. This mystery sort of, you know, takes over his life and invades his, his life. And, It just has enough level of intrigue to get him to uh, follow the rainbow just a little bit, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then he's full-fledged involved. He kind
0: of gets that that epiphany that, you know, in the scene where we're shown the film that he's making, and he's like, okay, this third act sucks. (laughs) He's like, this is fucking terrible, and he kind of gets this idea where... You know, if I went there, kind of take this my thesis that I'm writing, and I combine it with, you know, shooting an ending to this film within this place, we can kind of figure some shit out. So it was kind of cool, actually, how they developed that too.
3: It's just such a unique idea that a sequel is trying to disprove that a movie, that the original movie, is real. Like I said, it's so like it's it,
2: so it's Blair. It's Will, so this meta. is Blair Witch it's, too. Yeah. 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 No, it really is. Like it's set in the real world where Grave Encounters was a movie, but turns out it might actually be real. It's That's so the setup fucking, to this film. I so love it. Weird, I think that it's great. I loved film. it in Blair Witch too. I love it in this mm-hmm. film. No, I do. I, I think I, I that did, it's, it's so cool. And mm-hmm. the, and the way they actually go in and they talk to the producer and the Vicious Brothers and they talk to uh, you know the, they they bring <laughs> the back the <laughs> actor and they tie it all together. Like I think that it is just way cooler like why are no more people not talking about this movie i know right i love the setup to this movie i
0: truly do i love it so i love when he goes in there to talk to the producer of it yeah and and he fucking he has that hidden camera on him and it's in black and white and this yeah. sound's all muffled. That was... Yeah. That was you that was barely like, hear it. That was fucking genius, because I literally yeah. had to turn up my, turn up my stereo, right? <laughs> my surround um, I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. It's a nice little touch, I just right? Felt,
3: I just felt like I was at work when you went in that fucking stage. So that's what... It's really fucking like
2: that. And, and they bleep... They bleep the, the hospital. actual hospital name. Like, that's so cool, too. You know what I mean? And they... They go there. They check it out. Like and and shit, just hits the motherfucking fan once they get there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I love the setup, and I love honestly the mythology that they set up in this film because it is it is a little bit different than the first film. They add a much more craziness. They amp it up a little bit more. The ghosts are crazier. Yep. Um, but I love the character of the original guy returning, uh, and I I think that what. I think the concept of him being there for 9 years is fucking just creepy and I love the the way he looks now, you know. Which I was
0: so like my, the old, my my concern with that though is how in the like so after the the events of the first film mm-hmm. why is that he is still alive? exactly and he's still
3: alive then those other mofos are still no, but I'm alive just wondering because, because you never see him dead you never see the other well, characters let's assume, dead. let's
0: assume that all the other characters from the first film are dead because I mean that's kind of the assumption mm-hmm. most people are going to get off this why is it he is able to survive another nine years until some other people you know basically break into this place to, to um, shoot the film well like, why I is mean
2: it... it could be because uh, he got the lobotomy uh, and it's like now he's a patient here. You know what I See, mean? That's what I kind
0: of uh, thought too. But I was like, so no.
2: Nobody... He became he become became a part of the asylum by getting that lobotomy. So, so
0: okay, with that um, said, he it,
2: also was in charge. You know that that could have something to you know do with it. Uh, he was the one leading the exercise. You know. Yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. He, Sometimes you know it, people just find. uh, Why does anybody survive anything? You know, I mean, like it's. it's, So is he still not able to get
0: out then, or does he not want to leave? Well, that's
2: what he's trying to get out. He's been trying to get out for nine years through the red door. But
0: it's just so. So it must be changing where he is then, because the kids got him pretty fucking easy. Kind of thing, right? No, no. That's the concept: is that
2: nobody else. Like, if you would just if a security guard would come and go into the building, it wouldn't be like that. Mm -hmm. It once. Whatever the way that it works, the magic, the 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 occult system that they they do, it's just like Blair Witch, right? I mean, like yeah. some people can go in the woods and be fine, and then these people go in the woods and for whatever it's whoever reason, the
3: hospital you know, decides, you know, yeah, yeah it yeah. kind of it's, like it's that. just like the hospital decides who gets to leave,
2: you know, yeah. mm-hmm. it
3: decides the 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 blah 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 gets to leave to
2: finish the Not to the mention film. he is in connection with. Somebody or some spirit or some yeah. demonic force through the the writings on the walls and things like that, mm-hmm. um which is kind it, of now, unclear.
0: Yeah, so I was, yeah, I was just curious. Are you guys thoughts on that? Yeah,
2: there's a little mystery to it, which yeah, I liked, like. It, but it's mean? like
3: they brought all those things with them so they don't get lost, but they really don't utilize it besides the fucking air horn. They brought that. GPS they say we have a GPS, a high tracking GPS, and then we never see it again. It's like what what the fuck is that shit? Well why I the mean, are you been a pulling cut.
2: out it could why have the been hell? A cut scene. you never know, you know. <coughs> why the hell are you something. pulling
3: out your fucking GPS that you talked about Thirty minutes ago. Well, if
2: a compass doesn't work, I doubt the GPS is gonna work. You know, I think uh, when you I, I think I, I think when you see the fact that a wall appears out of nowhere, I think you could pretty much throw the compass. Yeah, why the, the fuck out.
3: did those mofo spirits not fucking take the backpack away? You know, if they didn't
2: want. Anybody well, I mean leave. you could
0: raise a lot of questions, well, but, like but, but who, too, right? who
2: says that they didn't want anybody to leave and you know And and that's always gonna be a thing with ghost things Why not just kill everybody all at once? Mm-hmm. if You don't want them that's to that's the thing you can raise you know, question
0: after question, right? But there's really no yeah, technical and, and, answers to that yeah. and
2: sometimes with these movies. They're not strong Until you fear more, you know deeper into the story. They become stronger be able to do more things uh, I just, I think I, that what's that?
3: I'm just confused as to why the main character in the first film gave up nine years of his life, but the character in this film is in there for whatever uh, a, a few days, and the spirits get to decide that he's the well, one. Well, I gets think to it's go, explained. You know?
0: I think it's explained a tiny bit, maybe. I mean, you can read into this a little bit um, of basically how. I mean, we didn't actually disclose that how Alex really does get there. I mean, he does have this idea, you know, he wants to do this. But once he starts getting emails from Death Awaits 666 or whatever the the vlogger's name was, which actually turns out to be the fucking hospital itself.
2: Yeah. yeah. So the hospital called out to somebody yeah. because maybe it didn't it didn't see what it wanted to in... In this
0: dude, or whatever, the original guy, it's almost like he Um, called him, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm inviting you to come and finish your film at my place, yeah, (laughs) you know, come on in. I mean, hence the Uh, ending to the film, too, right? Because, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, kind of leads into that a little bit, so that's kind of how I took it. But
2: I love that this guy has been in here nine years and he's like, He's like. Now, the house shifts. The the hospital shifts, but there are patterns. See? And he opens up that door like three times and then it finally is like the other room. I just love that because it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's establishing a mythology. There are some sort of rules and, and reasons why these things happen. Yeah. Now, yeah. do we know all the reasons why? No, but do are reasons? Yeah. And do we know that there are like a rhyme and reason to, to why this you know to, to how this thing works, yeah, and I think that that's cool because I, I like to have a little bit of rules. Because if there are no rules at all in Ghost Things, then it just becomes unfun because it's like overpowered, you know. what I, I mean, d- I, just like wanna say, I just want to
3: say, I just want to say, this is bullshit. If you go on the Grave Encounters 2 IMDb page, the first person listed
0: under cast is Sean, C. Sean Phillips. C. Phillips, well, he's in the, the first movie person for like you see. Exactly. because they they listed him in order of vloggers on there, that's but he's what they in the did. Fucking- Order of Appearance. Order of Appearance, yeah. That's why. See, one thing I liked about this film too, man, you know, like, a lot of times in sequels and sometimes it'll get a little bit too comical and things, I I think that they kept it down to a minimum even though there is, like, a... A dude putting his balls on his buddy's face. At one
2: point. Yeah, but that's at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, exactly, I know. I, I like that. Characters. See, there was Which jokes. I in used here. to
0: do that too. I used to put my balls on my buddy's face. Dude, I have pictures of my balls on my buddy's face. Yeah, but like even I've seen them. but the infrared fart though, man, was fucking funny. That should make me laugh, dude. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, there actually is one scene in this film I didn't really care for. overly. I thought it was just kind of going too far. Like it didn't really need to be there was the Ouija board scene I, honestly I was just like it's just, it came off as super uber cheesy you guys know what I'm talking yeah. about yeah like yeah. You know, all of a sudden, like the, the, they're like playing this shit and I was like what the fuck like, I don't know man it just
3: how did it get there it but seemed I like know. it didn't
0: need to be there at all like I would have never thought of throwing that into a script you know mm-hmm. it just seemed like you know if you're gonna you know establish a mythology within this place like you don't need the Ouija aspect of it right we yeah. are, we're already haunted, we already have ghosts we already have apparitions and fucking mutated hemoglobins and <laughs> uh, I don't
2: I know where I know, I like how this is like the setup is where it's like so mysterious, like they covered this sh- real shit up, you know what I mean yeah, I just yeah. want to like,
3: know why the fuck didn't they get a rope and
0: climb down the window
3: that's what I want to know where well, are you they, said, a rope at? I don't they mean, said
0: it was 85 I don't, they said it was 80 feet, I don't think I'd want to risk that either 80 feet. That mofo was no 80 feet. And
2: then, and then what happens is the ghost is just like, nah, dog, and just moves the rope. <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? Like, dude, that was I a terrifying scene, man. Fuck that. That, that was man. a terrifying scene.
2: Listen, I actually Wait. find this one. Um, more scary than the first.
0: It's it's. I, I was way more into this one. I think that some of the effects in this one kind of bring it down a little bit, especially like like, you like said, the, the dude c- when he's running down the hall and he's like huge and he's like. I like that me. The man. cover, oh, man. The like cover that. of the DVD gives away dumb. one of the, the apparitions in this film, and it's like yeah. I don't know that man. thing scared me, dude. I was like, oh shit, because you have stuff? to
2: imagine that you see that, right? But you I get just... I
3: get I get scared about what you don't see more than what you do see. I get
2: scared by both.
3: See, I'm the opposite.
2: Because I'm not, I, like if I don't see something, like I'm not afraid of it. Like that's why I've never been afraid of the dark because even as a kid I was never afraid of the dark because I I didn't see anything in the dark. You know what I mean? I've always been more of afraid of things that I see.
0: Mhm. But yeah, I can I, I, I can I can't admit that I, I never once ever thought of, you know, the fact that my foot was hanging off the edge of the bed that it wasn't gonna get grabbed or some shit. Like that that always came in the back of my mind <laughs> as a kid, man. I still every once in a while, man, like I'll be in my house by myself and like I'm constantly watching these fucking movies. I've just completely polluted my mind. But you don't realize sometimes until you're in the situation that it actually is kind of scary. Like I've been out in the bush camping and everyone's gone to bed and i'm sitting there and all of a sudden i just kind of i get this weird feeling i'm like i've watched too many of these fucking movies man it affects me man as a kid i was the same way i used to get terrified as a kid but it's all because of this all shit right. man it's all because of do you of this want shit. to uh get into
2: ratings on grave encounters too all right all right uh i believe i uh, i'm next um so uh grave encounters 2 i actually like more than the original i think that it is a much cooler story um it really expands upon a a simple it really takes it's an actual sequel like it takes a ton of information from the first one and expands on a lot of it i like the shift of making it as if the first film was a movie and uh, this is like real life. I like that. That's like Blair Witch. This is actually very similar to the other Blair Witch too, the one that just came out. Um, but you know, it kind of did it better a
0: little bit. You oh, know what this I mean? So much there, better.
2: There's a lot of. Well, I know. I I know you definitely would say that. But but you know what I'm saying. There's a lot of similar. I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Wingard had seen this film because there's a lot of like with the aging and stuff like that that's all in this movie that and it was also in Blair Witch Mm -hmm. with like how the characters the time the sense of time and stuff you know what I mean like it's very similar in that way like even the one dude like got all bearded and stuff like this dude um and uh yeah I, I I really like just totally dug the concept of this and even the end with like the red door and like all that stuff and the reason for this happening and the final scene, the final, uh, you know, mo- you know, after scene of, you know, what's going on and stuff like I, I really like that. Like this dude, like it- all of a sudden it's in like the desert. I was like, what? <laughs> like that was fucking awkward. But um, yeah, man, totally, totally, totally dug this movie. I was not expecting much out of it at all. I'm coming into
0: the eight out of ten on this one. Yeah, man, I I know. I always heard ill about this film. I don't know what it is. I always heard people say, "Oh, Grave Encounters is great." Don't bother watching the sequel. I mean, I'm wondering if we watch the same film. Yeah, like like really like what the fuck? I don't get it, man. So honestly, I didn't really have high hopes going into this one either. I'd not watched it, and for those kind of reasons sometimes people just influence you enough you know it's like plus it was a sequel you know so sometimes you know your intuition might even be correct on it most of the time you are Um but no this one was really good I, I 100% agree about the mythology growing in this I thought it was great I thought some of the effects was kind of the biggest problem for me Um, but I had some laughs in this one I, I, I got scared you know scared at times man um, like, legitimately, it was fucking fun, man. It was just, like, an overall fun-ass film. And what I, what I was worried about the most when I was watching this film was the ending. I was like, are they going to fuck this ending up or what? <laughs> and it really kind of sold the whole film for me. Because when the end happened, I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's fucking totally gnarly. So it really kind of you know brought it back up for myself. Um yeah, this is good, man. I think I'm pretty much on the same page as JP, man. I might even like this one a little bit more, too, with the exception of some of the effects were just whatever. But there was also a really damn cool cool kill in here that I thought was terrifying, just the way it happened. Because, I mean, whole heights thing. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5. I'm coming up with a half point on this one. so 8.5. So, Grave Encounters
3: 2. I had to give the film credit that... You know, it's a very original idea. And I think that I watched it when this first came out. And one of my professors, when I was in film school, loved these bizarre films. uh, Interesting ways to tell stories in films. That's why he loved Paranormal, the marked one, so much. Because it's a very interesting way that film goes back to the first film. And this movie has a very similar sense in the way that it's written. And I give him credit in that in, in in that sense, that it's a very interesting structured film. Just the idea that the f- sequel of a film is trying to disprove that the film that it's based off of is not real, or is it real or is it not real. It's just a really interesting idea. It's very meta, like I said. I don't think I was as scared in this one as I was the last one. Um, but it's still a really interesting film, and I, I enjoyed it. I, I think I liked it more than I did during my first viewing. I mean, I don't like it as much as the original, but I still had a really, really good time with it. I think it's one that you should check out if you like something different. Uh, it's definitely, I think, a piece of its age with YouTube and everything like that. So, I'm going to come in with uh, a seven and a half for Graven
0: Connors 2. Cue, Q, cue. Q. really liked, actually, even in this film where you know the, the bathroom scene, man, the fucking bathtub was like identical spot.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> you know one. Oh thing, yeah, yeah. You know one uh, thing I, I always wondered. You know, like
2: continuity. I
3: bet you because they never fucking moved it in a year. Nobody else went in there. Probably. So not, it was they like at the same spot. Yeah, yeah. You know, it thing,
2: was really cool that they were able to go back to the same location. That was dope.
0: Yeah, man. That's what. Yeah, that was awesome. You know. Yeah. Combined uh, with that storyline, fuck, dude. I'm <laughs>
2: actually very glad that Jeremy picked these titles because they probably would have been. Nowhere near my radar anytime soon, but like I, I thoroughly enjoyed both. Talked films. about
0: the first one all the time for a reason, you know. Did you notice in Alex's bedroom his uh, tourist trap poster? Yeah, but did you know yeah, there was like, another did poster? Did you notice the other? For something. Yeah, you know, it was, you know in what it the... is? Uh, I can't remember. It's vampire journals.
2: Yeah, that's what it and is because I was like,
0: what in the hell? It instantly <laughs> made me think of you, JP. <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah. Don't you have like four. I was copies like, I fucking... own four copies and don't even have a vampire journals poster. You're the only person in the world that has more than one copy of that. <laughs> why? Do they have a vampire journals poster? I have no idea. It made me laugh. I'm like right next to tourist trap. I mean that's bizarre. So bizarre. Kinda <laughs> liked it though. <laughs> it's good okay. shit. But I always wonder, man, like you know, even going back to the first why is it that when you watch these type of uh, hospital abandoned hospital films and shit why is like things like bathtubs turned over on its side like when you go in there is it just for effect or like yeah. you think people are in there and they're cleaning up and they're just like I'm gonna tilt this bathtub over that thing weighs like 2000 pounds <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I have no idea uh, all the stupid questions right but yeah that's gonna do it for episode 111 here 22 shots uh yeah that was good shit man good shit i'm actually yep. kind of excited that or you know that you picked those because i don't know man say what gp i don't know if i would have watched Grave counters 2 anytime soon so i'm kind of glad i did
3: finally something good did something I'm gonna try good. to
2: do um it next show um but we don't know for sure if not we'll have a backup plan i guess maybe we could just review the first one or something Um,
3: or we could do the gene roland show
2: nah
0: Nah, it'll be like half a show it'll be like half a show without that jeremy stop fucking hating without what without the remake well i
2: mean it's fucking a three-hour movie
0: (laughs) ah fuck man (laughs) we've done done. we used to all the time do one films i know but maybe maybe i'll I'll get it why don't we just come up with a backup plan and pick a deucer
2: uh, cause I'm gonna be, cause the problem is, is if we I'm gonna watch it um, the original like, this week, you know what I mean? Like, cause I, I'm not, tomorrow's the only off day I have left, so I'd have to watch it na- now, you know what I mean? And if I had
0: to, well, actually no. So what you're saying the, is we have to plan these shows around your schedule.
2: Um. <laughs> not during the week. No, I mean, I'm just saying like, if, uh,
0: you know what? I'm you know, not going to worry too much about this.
2: Scheduled, I thought the way that I was thinking of it in my head was I wouldn't have had time to do a backup plan. Is what I was. saying I'm not
0: going to worry too much about this. You guys, have all kind right. Of Thank me. you, everybody, for listening to episode 111
3: of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com/slash mood616. You guys, want to add anything else?
0: Why do you sound far away again?
3: I'm literally Dude, right of Why are you cutting of- me off
0: when I'm talking? <laughs> I was just gonna say, JP. I've yeah. I think you convinced me that I'll be getting it, so yeah. I don't think I don't think we have to worry about that. So okay. find out probably in two days. Nothing else to and, say. Let's get out of here.
3: And as always, if you want to follow the man JP himself, who still shouldn't get his box item, where the fuck are your videos, JP? youtubecom slash j you get back on that shit as always you can follow me on my channel i'm not any better but youtube.com slash 22 as always please follow us on our patreon patreon.com slash 22 shots podcast and as always you can leave us uh email at the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com it's 22 shots of moods the horror at gmail.com and as always you can leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665 but that's really pointless because we're not going to listen to it anyway because JP's a lazy fuck and doesn't want to fix it. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast. And as always, please join us on the Facebook page, Facebook.com, search for our 22 Shots Podcast. Or 22 Shots of Moods and Horror will still come up. Join the Facebook page. Everybody come in there. Call Jerry a fucker and blame him for killing, killing Toby Hooper as well, just like how he killed George. And as always... That should do it for episode 111 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. We shall be back in two weeks with the double feature review of It and It, another remake versus original show. Stay tuned for that. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 111 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror. And coming back in two weeks, the Hall Fucker will make his triumph return.